Hello and welcome to the 110th episode spectacular cavalcade of fun and mystery brought to you by a bunch of nerds. Hello, we are the Inglory Spars. We're excited to be here. Uh, this is uh, something we've been planning for a long time. And by a long time, I mean haphazardly a few days ago. We were, I was thinking about, boy, you know, we've had so many episodes. We got to start planning for our big 100th. And then when I did the math, I went, wait, 37 episodes, season one, 12 season two, 16 plus 45 more for season three. Oh, we blew past that a long time ago. So here we are celebrating randomly the 110th episode we just finished last week. Uh, so first of all, cheers for everyone here at the table for all your great gaming and all that great stuff. Good job everyone holy cow 110 episodes who thought we'd be here this is crazy absolutely actually I mean, that's a great question to start with who thought we'd be here how many of you expected to make to 110 episodes did anybody no sir not no. based on campaign history now and just rem <laughs> remind everybody remind our new uh watchers and everybody how did this all start who was the original crew and uh, how did it get to this group of weirdos that it is now who was the original crew oh well, first four right are we talking like uh, original this season, season one. or season one season, season one, one. Episode one i think i was, I was there, there. Seth, Chris, Tim, and uh, Christopher. Christopher, yeah. Nice. And then yeah. myself. The, I think the impetus was uh, I've done a ton of role playing in the past, and I came back moving to Oregon and start up again with some folks and got uh, Chris involved, got uh, Seth involved, brought Tim into it, and brought Christopher into it. And we're playing these different games just at the dining room table and some cool campaigns we were doing, very unique campaigns. And I started listening to some podcasts and I'm like, man, we could kind of do something like that. We're making each other laugh our asses off like crazy. What's the chance there are people just crazy enough out there who have the same stupid sense of humor that we do that might in <laughs> any way find this entertaining? I'm like, nah, maybe. <laughs> and then we talked about it and I wasn't sure because I was like, you know, if we do this, we, we got to go big. We got to put all the effort behind it. And then we decided to do it. And here we are. Wow. 110 episodes later. All, all we had for the first few weeks were B&H catalogs on the floor and we need one of these and three of these. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, how do, we, how do we arrange this, drawing it up? Like I was a kid doing maps back long ago when I was in early <laughs> school. And that's so my fun time. So saying that going from the switch to now having Foundry, this automatic system that's just got the maps that Tom can just click in. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of work Tom's doing behind the scenes we're not seeing, of course. But for us, we just get to come in and play. Uh, but it's so advanced. What is the feeling like for you guys to go from tabletop to virtual tabletop, I guess? It's weird, man. We started this around Tom's uh, dining room table, and then we uh, we made a dungeon down in his basement, mm -hmm. and uh, for a year we've been at home. Um, it's it's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely progressed into something I never thought it would be. It's good. I I would say 
everything Seth said except for that we made we made a recording studio out of a dungeon. I think. Is yes, that is more appropriate. More accurate. <laughs> Once we cleared out all the inappropriate stuff, we right we had room for a table and everything. Most of the inappropriate stuff. I mean, the skeleton stays. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's literally a skeleton. Yeah. Right there. Some people will think, what do, you, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, there were skeletons. There were barrels. Lots of Comic-Con level stuff in there, I think. <laughs> had to be pushed aside and made a great background for, for uh, what we were doing. I remember when we started, I set a goal of if we can get 15 people uh, interested in our show, then then it'll be worth the effort to to put forward. And then the goal is after six months to double that. If we can double that to thirty people, that would be cool. Think about that: thirty people, like every week, <laughs> tuning in to hear and see what you've got. And now we have hundreds Seven. every single week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gone down. <laughs> but we're hanging in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just amazing uh, how many people have had uh, uh, listened to our show and how many people are diehard fans at times, which we absolutely adore. Um, yeah, it's been uh, humbling at times as well. Yes, definitely. So my, my count, we had season one, 37 episodes. That's a lot. That is, that a is lot. definitely a lot. Season two was 12 episodes. Season three is 61 episodes, just this season alone. And if you take, oh, go ahead. And if we take all 110 and average it around 3.5 hours, we're looking at more than 380 hours of content. And if you did like your full-time job of 40 hours a week, just to listen to our show, you're talking two and a half months. That'd be some great (laughs) adventures that you'd enjoy during those two and a half months. But wow, is that a lot of content put out? That's that's professional development is what that is. All those people who caught up real quick to, uh, who were a little behind during the pandemic, man, two and a half months i love it we're gonna say how much time would you say that you put in um like in the background for each episode on 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 average uh i i think my wife uh put it as it's a part-time job on top of the full-time job that i have it's a part-time job so uh just recently i put a little bit of audio announcing this uh this this episode tonight the celebration tonight and when i did i used our uh, audio editing software adobe audition and i realized i haven't used that for over a year and i used to put in hours and hours like one and a half days of work editing and mixing getting everything just right and snippets and all this stuff and i'm so glad that tim has taken over a, a lot of that busy work so i'm absolutely grateful for that tim um that's super appreciated Well, you are welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I've got a question. I've got a whole slew of questions. I got some from me and some from our fans. And feel free, everyone here, to jump in with your own questions. And if you're uh, with us live on Twitch, you can certainly put your questions in there. And Alistair's going to keep an eye out for those, if you don't mind. So my question, so tagging along to the end of what Alistair just said, how has the show, the Inglorious Bard show, changed from season one, episode one to last week's season? Has it changed at all? Are we consistent? Are we solid that way? Has there been? I know there's different players, but how has it changed? Anything at all? 
I can certainly say, if I don't mind jumping in here, that uh, from season one, it was a matter of getting an order, having a process of not just developing story, but interacting. We were at a table season one, which means there's no lag, folks. There's You're just, <laughs> you're going, you're bouncing off people, even the little corpse little sound effects that someone might make a little laugh here that might go un unnoticed absolutely uh would just be jumped on so that you'd be the lightning quick responses and you'd get that uh and that followed through with season two then of course season three pre-covid and then post-covid that little transfer there was that absolute uh relearning this what we're doing here the online and taking all that table fun stuff and bringing it over. And uh, I, I think doing a fairly damn good job at preserving those little corpse, we just have to do it in serial, you know, or we, we know we can only speak really one at a time kind of thing, but bringing that humor over didn't get deadened by the technology of the, the day. Uh, so uh, those were some big things. They were huge concerning hurdles. And I think we, uh, surmounted them and uh, brought it to this which is extraordinarily entertaining and functional uh i don't want to be dry on the technical level but it that's that's what it was that was a big thing <clears throat> so bravo everyone on that yeah nice yeah you left out the mark button where we had to take some uh, yeah, stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we nicknamed that the Tim button. The I know. Yeah. <laughs> we should have nicknamed it the Jix button this season. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It could have been one of any characters, I think. That's, that's a whole other podcast by itself. We just call it the Mark button and yeah. just cuts of everything that we've. Yeah, it was definitely a big adjustment going from. Um, you know, a show where we uh, had editing capabilities to going live where, um, you know, we're all prone to off color jokes and we mean them in the, you know, most benign way, but some would not uh, always be received greatly. So we uh, have sometimes edited out extreme, vulgar, terrible humor um, and we've all had to kind of be a little more cognizant of that, uh, being in a live show. Tim. Uh, uh, <laughs> grabbing, on, <laughs> grabbing onto the end of that question, uh, Frank asks also, how has your personal game style changed throughout this season or throughout multiple seasons if you've been through more than one? Um, how has your process in approaching the game or role-playing at all changed? How have you grown maybe, or I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll start on that one. Um, so playing Xanner uh, is new to me, right? This is my first season uh, with the Inglorious Bards. But even and last. And, and, and last, <laughs> apparently. Oh. <laughs> Farewell to Jeremy episode. Episode <laughs> That's what this has really been about. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the facade is over. <laughs> um. No, Xanner is uh, a a spellcaster, which was new to me. But but b the idea of creating a character that has a built-in connection to someone in the party, rather than just trying to randomly assuming uh, we're a group of guys and we're going to adventure together, uh, right? Actually, like building the connections and really setting up from the beginning was uh, different for me at, at the start because it really 
set up the idea that there's going to be a longer tale. So we have a backstory. We have a little bit of a connection that we that we start with. But what it's really organically turned into is is just this level of understanding when it's Xander's time to talk and when it's not. Like really, really being able to live in and out of scenes. And so sometimes you're in the wings and sometimes you're on stage and, and, and it goes back and forth. And it's it, it's a weird uh, metaphor putting it into theater, but that really feels a lot like that. And it, it, we got into a rhythm and I certainly felt into the rhythm when we started this of knowing that it's not every conversation is not a huddle. It's not every single player all waiting to say their turn and all having their thing. It really is these two characters. It's Jix and Iggy fighting it out because they have that backstory coming in. Or it's Killian uh, keeping everybody safe and, and bringing everyone up. Or it's Palik sweeping in and, and saving the day and then Xanner freaking out in the background because, oh my god, it's her. And, and it's it's so many different levels of scenes that uh, it's been really fun. And that's that's been a big part of understanding how I play as a character now and even how uh, I, I think about DMing and running other games of having individual scenes that show up uh, and just organically happen. Yeah, I think uh, for me, this is my first real like role playing experience. I've said that before, but uh, having two characters now uh, under my belt, I think with Idrisil, uh that was a good experience for me, but I think I really learned uh, patience with him. I, I, there was a few times where I was a little probably irritable to play with. I can admit that, uh, you know, looking back uh, early in the season and stuff. But for sure, playing this game has taught me to just let go and be in the moment and uh, completely just, uh, you know, don't take anything personally. You know, we joke about uh, kill stealing all the time. You know, that's a big popular trope, you know, nowadays. But it's always fun, I think, in the moment when somebody does it. It may be frustrating a little bit, but I don't think I can think of one instance where we were mad that somebody and it killed the villain. You know, I've always said, uh, you know, as long as we get there, you know, the journey, part of it's the journey. I, I think that's one of the great things you mentioned, Alistair, is also everyone, uh, it's a huge benefit when I see game, uh, new game masters asking for hints or tips or things. And it's like, boy, I don't have that problem because I have you guys that are constantly supporting the story and the different elements, making your own ideas, your own things, or or, or seeing where the scene might want to go and helping mm -hmm. Jix get there or whatever it is. Um, or even when things don't go as planned, but knowing that that's still interesting. Like when, and spoilers for anyone who hasn't listened to these seasons, there's going to be a lot of spoilers <laughs> going on. So when Jix died, there was no glory to that. There was nothing. Um, and instead of Tim being pissed off me that like that serves like to me this this world can be crazy dangerous at the drop of a hat you don't know um, I don't know I just anyways it's a compliment to you guys is what I'm trying to say for sure um, if I can I'll throw in one of the fan questions here uh, this is from uh, can or con wait, wait, Monk. Wait, wait, wait. before you do wait, wait, wait. I have more to add yeah more to add over here. <laughs> <laughs> you opened a can of worms already we gotta Go I'll, go, I'll go first real quick. Um, yeah. Alistair, it's been really cool actually seeing your progression as a oh, first yeah. time ever mm -hmm. role player uh, from the, you know, going through, you know, we've had more than 56 episodes because um, there were yeah. some other starter things. Um, so kind of seeing where you were at the beginning to how how well 
you've developed into just you know what i would consider to be a seasoned role player now and 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 how well you play off um those things is is just absolutely awesome so so kudos to you man i appreciate it oh yeah you look at like uh the first five or ten episodes and like edersil would say okay i'll grab the guy i'm gonna interrogate him he'll tell me what i want to know and then we'll head in that direction i'm like wait what wait hold on why do i get any say i remember specific i was i'll punch him in the face you were like but you don't have unarmed combat i was like i mean i'm just gonna punch him in the face i mean this whereas now i can just throw like a shimmering image of a of a cat folk guy approaching and you move right into that scene and you're there and you're hitting the beats and you're adding to it instantly and yeah that's that's not normal for a lot of other role players out there they can be what about me and i want to do but yeah that's that's pretty cool well thank you guys i appreciate that if i could throw in one other element which i think grew from season one new people joining through season two new people joining season three uh, was not only did you become better role players, you started interacting and, and making these uh, elements of the story come to life, but it was really neat seeing kind of like, a, if I could use the phrase, emotional trust, where you could open up beyond and push your character outside of the goofy zone, which is great and crazy fun. But you know, when you're just at those moments, like now this is a very serious moment for my guy and I'm going to bring in Seth and I'm going to bring in Jeremy on this and let's, let's really, you know, push a, a cool storyline. Uh, you guys do that so well now. And you know, before it's, there's always an awkward, there's always a rigidity, but it just opened up. And it and it just happened. It makes the story so much better. So kudos well, to let, yeah, let me shine that mirror back on you. You know, you don't have to say you guys. I think the the royal we in that is <laughs> because you and Jeremy going back and forth as Sir Kendall and Brenrose is some of the greatest role playing I have mm-hmm. ever seen. Uh, it was fantastic to watch. So don't count, don't uh, sell yourself short. Thank you. Now, if I may, we have a fan question. Yes, fan question. <laughs> uh, this is from Con Monk, or Can Monk. Good to see a fellow monk in the house. Uh, most irritating NPC character you've come across from any Alistair. season? Oh, oh okay. Uh, character. <laughs> character. <laughs> Let me finish the question. Character. Uh, they voted for Jorn from season one. I see a lot of other. Jorn was innocent. Jorn was pushed to the extremes. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Tormented. Jorn is actually one of my favorite NPCs. That was so much fun. This puck just uh, torturing that guy. Wait, so, so the question was, was the most what? irritating uh, NPC character you you've come across in our season so far? Oh, That's... Sir Kendall, hands down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love to hate him. Kendall. He was Kendall was uh, great. Yeah, he was though. a bastard. He's oh, the yeah, only he's NPC I mean, I mean, like, I who has interrupted he was in, me but... as the game master. By the way, <laughs> no, there's this, there's one pirate captain who just wouldn't shut up. Weird face, horrible nose, mad eyes. It was something weird. I don't remember. I but... really <laughs> dug. I, I was steamed when it happened, but I really dug the building what felt like at the time unnecessary rivalry between Yaru and uh, and Captain Matt. <laughs> like, like, Halik was on board, uh, 
Piercy was just killing everyone that he could find, specifically kids, if he was on a boat. Uh, but like Yaru, like had it out for Mad Eyes. Like if there was, if there's ever any type of, mm. of conflict, he was usually right in his face. He's like, "We're here for the king." It's like you're on me ship, and it was right. just this back and forth that it was that was there. Like so, when it went down to the final, like <laughs> like the full on mutiny, and Yaru was right there again to to take that final blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like it. It was a. Uh, it was definitely one of those where uh, the role play came easy. <laughs> so much right. getting up in. <laughs> How easy is it for you, Tom, when a character like Jesto the Jester comes yeah. around? Jesto, he's one of my favorites. Do you guys remember how Jesto came about? He I, was at the inn in Mirskot. No, that was his first appearance. It came about because oh, just no, someone, dinner time. it was just dinner time and someone said some line and I said, yeah, it's like a Jesto, the Jester. And I did a silly voice and I'm like, oh, that guy's <laughs> interesting. And then like five episodes later, I got him in and I think he showed up three times maybe in the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, My he, most he made two appearances inside uh, uh, Tavernry and then we saw him in Mirskan and when he, when he had been moved on and and not as as floppy <laughs> at that point he was a little run down was zaner drunk in each of those instances jeremy uh i don't think so the first time i haven't time, really I think, seen a drunk zaner since then he he was genuinely happy with jesto like that was that's zaner's <laughs> sense of humor that's right on point and i get him. the feeling he hasn't been happy since yeah. just, <laughs> him you've been dying to talk Ah, um, my most annoying character to take it back to season two was um, I can't even remember his name. I was I've been trying to think of his name for two days. The captain. Uh, I always remembered. What's that? Was it the captain you're talking about? Yes, Captain something. Valencia reminds me of oranges. Valencia, Valencia. <laughs> onions, not oranges. Yes, Captain Valencia was by far my. Yeah. Yeah, you and him got along well, I remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Booze and buds. Yeah, we've never had a character fired from the campaign before. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. That was... In fact, that was my most... I I think I have a question if... I'll I'll ask this question now. This is a retcon. (laughs) (laughs) Going way Um, back now. What is your most uncomfortable role-playing role moment? Mine uh, would be when Epo basically got court-martialed by Captain oh, Valencia. God. That was uncomfortable. That was. I, I I did not know if that was Epo and Captain Valencia or Tom and Tim. I wasn't what? sure. <laughs> call him A and call him B. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I mentioned it in the, I think, uh, an after show equivalent or something after the, where it was, that felt totally like I was the night manager at a pizza hut and having to reprimand a high school, you know, employee type of a situation. It was re- super uncomfortable. I, on that really same, uncomfortable. on that same thread, you know, early on, 
in the days of when 15 silver was a big deal yeah. to us. I remember Seth and I had a bout that lasted a little too long. And I remember you guys saying something at, at, on the uh, after show, like about the, the feeling in the air. And I was yeah. just like, I, I'm sorry, I feel really awkward about that. So, you know, feel, you know, uh, post apology again for that one, Seth. But uh, but even since then, uh, another one comes to mind. Um, an in character moment that made me feel really uncomfortable. We mentioned it earlier, Tom, is uh, when um, that general came in to Brackenhill Keep on Jix and Iggy, and Idrisil was in that tower. Right. And when I surrendered my bow, I regret that so much. That's one of my biggest regrets in the whole show. It's like I should have just taking them out or tried to, you know. Um, that episode has a lot of regrets. It, it really does, <laughs> but, you know, beautiful uh, ending and stuff, but. What about the opposite side of that question? What's your favorite NPC of this season or any season? Oh, Phineas, for me, I think. Phineas is really fun. Phineas Tumblepot? Yeah, Phineas nice. Tumblepot, for sure, is really fun. Um, <laughs> The way, just the way Tom weaves in these characters, love them or hate them, you know, to bring them back and, uh, you know, we'll go to their house and see a sign that says, be, you know, gone on a trip and we'll all oh, crap. Well, that throws off everything we wanted from that guy. And then we see him three months later in the snow with a giant metal crab. <laughs> as, as, as you do. do. As you do. <laughs> I really did. What love. more as a player can you ask them that, you know? I really did love that little shithead Jordan, though. Every episode, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Just, uh, that was fun. Just picking him apart by pieces. Me, it was either the alchemist storekeeper that Avius kept trying to haggle with for some yeah. magical bracers. Uh, he was a lot of fun. Um, or uh, uh, Mr. Hazleton of the Inverted Pyramids. Uh, <laughs> wizardry group yeah com. he was kind of interesting yeah, I'll back um, that up uh, Kelly and Vero has, has absolutely been my favorite NPC now, there's there's a lot of really good ones and I'm, I'm even thinking of like the, the villain characters and some that I, I could really like dive into but yeah. as, as NPCs that, that come in and come out the, the again the, the established relationship that Xander has with Kelly and Vero, <laughs> they straight up like you're dead now, and he just gets killed. Into the like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen a little more to what you're saying, <laughs> and uh, and then right then this this kind of support and, and even respect that's happened so far near the end, it, it's been kind of amazing. But I, but when she shows up, like it's always really exciting. I'm always Something really has, stoked about. What's I just happen. listened to when she appeared at the uh, foamy trumpet in Mirskan, and like Iggy says hi, Sildren says hi, then Xanner says hi. And it's like hello, it's good to see you, and welcome, Kelly. And we know that there's some, and then Xanner, ah! and he just like runs away. <laughs> That's all. That was his di diplomatic role. <laughs> Jix's parents too. Oh mm. god! Because I was yeah, such like a twist. Oh. That uh, they were great. Does that, that was, count as the uncomfortable great. moment as that well? Was yeah. That was uncomfortable. Happy to deliver that news. Oh, that was so harsh. And and Tom, like all that credit goes to you. Like you literally committed to that. You you could we couldn't completely hand wave it. You can just be like, and we sent a messenger and it's taken care of. But like the amount of 
emotional depth and connection and full on like you, you had to take a minute and recover oh yeah like there was so much that was uh, put into that and it, sh- it it we all felt it like it shared really hard that's cool it, it, it just needed to be like and it just felt like it yeah it would have been cheap if we didn't do anything like that and we all knew it like two episodes early or something. I think Seth's like, oh, we got to go tell his mom. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> Forget about him leaving the party. We got to go tell his yeah. mom. Oh, God. Oh. It's going to hurt. Um, let's see. I've got one from Sammy. Sammy asks of you guys, the players, what's your creative process like, particularly when creating your characters or anything at all involving the story? Is there any element of collaboration between you? Do you create together? Is there something separate where you work on surprises? Is what, anything about your creative process? There's a lot of surprise because um, we enjoy surprising each other with our characters. So uh, there's a little sometimes, uh, I, I would say at the beginning of maybe a new season, a new storyline, a new campaign, we do a little bit of collaboration to get our backgrounds synced up so that we have a reason to all be in the pub at the same time. But um, I, for me, it's, it's, I really enjoy the surprises uh, if, when a new character is being created. And as far as the process, what am I? It's I pretty... Just, if I can come in with you, Tim, it's pretty much like we do it. Uh, well, now we do it on Hero Forge with Tom, but we always do a session with Tom and we're kind of surprised ourselves in building the character because uh, we're, Tom basically tells us these are the available classes based on who's already in the party, what you know, what's available in the system and whatnot. Um, and then we just kind of build from level one up if you listen to our level episodes. Yeah. It's a really fun process. I think as far as like trying to figure out like the personality or the name, like what race and class do I want to be, all that stuff. It's just, yeah. um, I'm just always looking for something unique. Like what has not been done before that I think I could pull off. Um, that has a lot to do with it as well. Like, can I pull off this type of person, this type of character? a voice that might go along with that character. If, if I don't think I can do it, then I don't choose it, but that's just me. So I have a really hard time with um, doing different voices and that's why like Elmon was sort of just gravelly. And then for Devin in season two, I worked on that for a long time and as much ribbing as I got for his accent. Um, oh no, I love it. I loved it. Uh, and then Killian, um, I worked on for a long time. And then uh, when Killian died and then coming in Sildren, I only had like a week to prepare. And that's why Sildren carries my voice. Cause like, like it takes me a long time to <laughs> get comfortable uh, develop, developing into a, a accent voice i i already have something kind of planned out for 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 next season so um been 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 thinking about that but yeah so i i I have to work on the voice for a long time because that is not my forte what uh, does anybody know what they want to be as their next character like what what kind of role do you want to play that's yes, already planned out. The, the <laughs> yeah. This is news to me. Holy cow. Yeah, I know what I want. <laughs> I've got a panic button character ready to go. <laughs> I, w- I want to ask Chris. Um, Devin Page was uh, 
uh, was a departure from your usual type of like rogue or archer or you know you play those characters and you do them well and with Devin Page that was uh, that was not he was uh, he was a kind of a mystical magical guy yeah um, and he was funny <laughs> what was that like uh, it was fun um, and definitely so towards the beat, like when with Elmon, um, especially in the first handful of episodes, Tom and I kind of talked a bit about where he was because it seemed like his moral compass was a little bit shifted compared to some of the other crew. So, you know, Tom, Tom was like, yeah, why don't you just bring that around just a little bit for us? Because we, um, we don't want to get a situation where he has to leave the group prematurely. Like, <laughs> Ray gets fired that. by somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, although I will still defend him killing the old kobold to my dying day, because that was the right thing to do. But anyways, um, you're talking about the old kobold in that small little cave next to the chest that no one should be remembering in any way whatsoever okay yeah but i got such shit for that that uh of 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 like me killing him um but anyways so i wanted to do something vastly different from from that darker character that elmon was um so that's you know so i wanted to do something lighter something uh, a little less like serious so that's that's that that's where and and then the accent was just perfect for it it was just you know kind of kind of light and a little goofy so uh it just worked out well cool less murdery yes <laughs> um someone asked uh sammy sammy asks uh what's your favorite voice that anyone in the group does just the voice Tarn, uh, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a new respect for the Yosoki egg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> After last week, <laughs> it was very uh, difficult to do. You know, if, if you don't make the accent and it's something that's not, uh, you know, that's something so off base like that, that, you know, only Tim could come up with, it, you know, mimicking that takes, as Chris was saying, a lot more than a week or a day you know, to, to, to perfect as it were, but, uh, Seth, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying you, uh, Alistair, uh, have been great with your voices. Uh, Jeremy as well, Jeremy and Sander, uh, and Alistair, you as, uh, Yaru and, um, uh, uh, Idris Idrisel, geez, uh, have been great. Because I am not. I have like three. I have three speeds when it comes to voices, and you've seen all of them. That's funny. <laughs> I got to read this. Probably my favorite uh, uh, voice. Well, this this is very interesting. In Seth's beginnings, this is this is pre episode one practically, and I think he was asked briefly. He had, he had flushed out his character, got the character he was going for, and asked to produce at the table in front of new bunch of guys to produce this voice and Seth's a big guy you look at him and you're just like you're gonna get bold that you know knocked down by this guy and you came out with this squeaky feminine 
kind of thing for your first voice. Or Puck the Goblin. And we all laughed our asses off. And then it just became something we couldn't live without. We had to have (laughs) Puck the Goblin as this voice or else it didn't work. And I was like, that's that's a huge credit. You you went with it, you stuck with it, and it became canon. I can't envision Puck without it. So I just... We did receive negative feedback, though, about that voice. Someone said, I really don't <laughs> like when, when that Seth guy changes his voice. It just gets, it just gets on my nerves. And I was like, well, it fits the goblin. It's like, no, 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 no. When you're done with the show and he does that fake deep voice. And I'm like, no, that's his real voice. He thought Puck was as close to your real voice. And you were just being silly yeah. with that sexy deep voice. <laughs> The one voice that, and I, again, I love all your voices. I think you, everyone does a great job. And even those of you that say voices aren't your strong suit, you guys put the effort and time in. We, I, I hear you guys practicing it in the car, looking like an idiot at the stoplights. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of us here are not voice actors and people put the effort in. But there is one that just catches me with a grin constantly in this season. And um, that is Tim as his Yasoki uh, Piercy just just the voice or even just taking yeah. one word and just the twist on it i'll just start smiling <laughs> like an idiot it's it's very delightful very delightful it's fun i've learned it's not so much always about the accent as it is just about like the inflection and you know how you how you change up words or use different ones it's, it's yeah fun. that's why i'm excited to I, I love playing Yaru, but I'm excited to do new characters as well. Maybe in new seasons or, you know, what have you. But I've got, you know, my head is full of different characters. <laughs> so I've got three at least that I could do right now that I'm just ready to release upon you. Yeah, I want to see level 21. I'm not in any hurry to change right. over. Just no, I, I want to see Yaru to the end of this. But, you know, come what may and, and or future seasons willing. Uh, we have everyone here from season three. We also just in our Twitch chat got everyone from season two. Jillian has joined us in the Twitch chat. Jillian played Catherine. Uh, great to see Jillian here. For I remember when we did, uh, we were running auditions, actually, online auditions for season two to get someone involved. And when we heard Jillian um, for this, it was like, okay, we, we got to get her. Uh, she's the one. But when, and I didn't really think about it much at the time, but when you've got like five guys who've been role playing together for what, 37 episodes that have uh, an audience and a fan base that really love them, and they're inviting you into the group and they're going to start recording you and you got to be funny. I mean, that's a lot to ask. And she did not raise up to that bar. Jillian went past that bar and dove right in. I remember a couple times where her character, Catherine, would say something silly idea. Someone else would say silly idea, someone else. And then uh, Jillian slash Catherine would refocus the group. All right, let's stay on target here, guys. We've got to be able to do this. Let's go. Or would propel the story forward. And boy, you can feel that lacking in season three sometimes. Uh, yeah. You guys are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so hats off to uh, to Jillian. And so I have a quick question for uh, Jillian. I know it's been almost two years since you played with us. Um, Jillian, if you can type in the chat, do you have, uh, what's the one takeaway or one memory or thought about the Inglorious Bards you have there? Need some Jeopardy music while she types it I out. know. <laughs> I was going to say... Th- 
while we're waiting for her though uh it was funny when she came in like the first time like because we when we met in person we used to have dinner ahead of time and just like talk and bullshit you know and uh she came in there and had like questions for all of us and oh, that's uh, right and like us hearing like i found out stuff about all of you that i'm like really yeah we'd been playing like, together before the podcast talk. for like two At years all. too <laughs> yeah she asked these funny. basic questions about the humanity of one another that guys don't talk about and we're like oh i never asked seth about his family <laughs> or friends or like that. yeah that was awesome it was funny I, I seem to remember she said something to the effect like do you guys actually even know each other like yeah yeah seth had a boot on his foot for like a year i think it came up maybe three times <laughs> you know yeah. like, things like that yep. <laughs> Uh, Jillian says, I love the constant creativity, the crazy ideas always, I don't know, blew me away. Uh, love the really cool worlds we got to explore across different planets. There's one world I've never released the episode because I never got to it. It was the fourth non-released episode that before we restarted. And that fourth one, the world's one of my favorites. If you guys remember, it was a world of just crystalline forest type stuff. Yeah, oh, that yeah. visual is so it. cool. So need I, to steal I that. I want reason. to go back. Didn't I we know. crash a ship on that? Oh one? yeah, just slid <laughs> right into this mountain of. Oh. Yeah. That's yeah, not we, even a lost episode that we can go back to, is it? It's it's it, it's a lost oh. episode that has not been released. Uh, and she also says, I also love when people would wait excitedly for my verbal insults, which were all that mostly good. She would taunt Dude. people. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That was that, yeah. That was her big. That was her bon mot of the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. She she did a way better job than Piercy does. <laughs> yeah, there was really definitely some psychic some scarring from, from some of the things that she was able to. And she got done right nasty with some of these people. Uh, what what questions do you? Some of the other Tim's asked some. I've asked a bunch. What questions do you guys have here? Um, I have one for you guys. Uh, with your current character, what is your favorite skill or feat? Uh, and if you can, give an example of your character using it. Um, <clears throat> I'll start uh, with Yaru and the uh, Abundant Step Teleportation feat. Um, when Raineth appears uh, to Sildren for like the second or third time, for Yaru, this is the first time seeing this dark creature, he called him. Um, we were trapped in that uh, uh, weird uh, material cell that he created for us with that black ink squid coming down uh, and it was pressing tighter and tighter on us. So Yaro had to teleport up and uh, escape uh, the clutches of Raineth to save everybody in that moment. It was pretty cool. It was my first use of that spell. And, uh, but what about you guys? What's your favorite skill or uh, feat that you ha have used? Zanner, after you. <laughs> Wait, is that yours, Tim? That's, that is Tim's. Tim's is. is after you. All right. Yeah. Um. God, Xander's Xander's got some good ones. He has, he has some really fun ones that are that are ways to play. I think the one that uh, he doesn't do it very much. There's no been, hasn't been a lot of call for it, but the uh, the transform spell into bug, the bug spell. Uh, <laughs> has yeah. absolutely been a great one to play and, and turned into like a really fantastic story element but it's it, all, it was also crazy effective uh getting something down and, and solving some some situations like the, the idea that xander has different spells that are not all attack and very few defend actually but he can start like 
utilizing a few of them has been a really fun uh, trick. So I, I think that's that's the one I, I love the most right now is the insect form. A third of our party can turn into dragons. You guys are burying the lead here. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So I've really, I've, I, it's only been successful once, but the uh, baleful polymorph um, oh, yes. was, was awesome. Turning one of the um, witch type creatures into a rabbit. Um, oh man! And then countless eyes again. It's only been used uh, once for Master Yaru, I believe. It was, it was such a unique spell. It's so interesting. Yeah. I do not like Sildren's uh, little pustulous sores because that just seems really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and if that hits hard, like um, that. <sighs> You know, I can heighten it too, so maybe I need to start doing. <laughs> and it's that. not just this big sore on you that's doing damage, but it's bursting onto your yeah. allies. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a friend or foe thing. Yeah, uh, it's a cone, so he can kind of angle it where it goes. You're in the yeah. splash zone. That any other feats any or, or abilities you guys like with I, I, He was terrible at it, but Ignal doing his uh, intimidation, he raised an eyebrow. <laughs> I love doing that so much, but I think out of like the 20 times I attempted it, it worked like Dude, he's probably times. crushing it now with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a pickup line than a bar. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Christopher? Oh, let's see. Uh... And this one's kind of unfair. Heal. And heal has so much more than what it actually has has been uh, so far. I mean, to heal once on a, on a big scale and, and pull someone from the brink or pull everyone back from, you know, quite a bit. Those, those are neat uh, and exceptional, but I'm, I'm waiting for that big, huge, dumb fight with undead where I do heal group and then all the undead in the way just getting smacked aside and all that kind of stuff. So I have, it, it hasn't reached its potential yet, but I still have my hope. But. Oh man, retributive strike though with the shield of Soleen. Oh, that was, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I love that one. That's a good one. I think retributive strike is one of my favorites. My other one, not very sexy, but really annoying to me as as the villains was Iggy's ability to follow them as they moved yeah. away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It would just be like, okay, they need to retreat. This dude right in their face is too much. It's like, nope, I'm right with them. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, I'll ask another question. I have a question. What is a, a scene that you had a favorite scene any season that you wish you were a part of scene you were not part of that you wish you were yeah. there Stumped was a the group there was a scene in season two um where catherine was being in, uh, interrogated by the bug creatures i oh, believe I it's one of my favorite scenes uh i'm glad that julian's in the chat uh it was such a fantastic role-playing scene to listen to uh i listened to all of season two in my uh prep uh to, as joining the podcast and that scene stuck out to me as one of the <laughs> great moments um for the horrible horrible ending 
I I <laughs> did not expect that scene to go that way at all. And then Catherine really started going up against the guy and like mocking yeah. or whatever it was, just really fighting against. And I'm like, she's not seen season one then because bad things are about <laughs> to happen to her in this torture <laughs> moment. But then I think she did like this incredible diplomacy or something out of mm-hmm. nowhere. And it just, oh, it was so interesting. Yeah, both the, tor- the torture scene in season one. Uh, Puck, man, just playing as punk. Puck, watching, having to hear Olgram go through the torture was awful. And the same with Kolsch in season two, having to watch guy like he was loyal as hell to both those people. It was awful. What do you think Kolsch is doing on that new planet right now? Oh, Kolsch and Catherine have like definitely oh, pirate oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're back to their old ways they pirated a ship and they are just uh, cruising around raising hell wait a minute i don't for recall sure. anything ending well for Catherine nichols <laughs> yeah yeah in oh season- oh oh, man. oh. <laughs> oh. oh. No. he doesn't know, know. <laughs> so christopher watch uh it's a show called the inglorious bards uh listen to uh <laughs> Season three, episode nine. nine. Okay, season three, episode nine. There's Listen a, to that one. There's a capper to that story. Yeah, I got oh, yeah. Maybe, hopefully it's not finished. I'm bringing it up now. I'm listening live, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I saw in, in chat, Can uh, Monk asked what Catherine, uh, if there's ever a chance for a one-off episode, which would be hella fun. It's interesting. But yeah, no, they're they're off to their old ways. They're they're pirating shit and thieving, light light murder probably, on Kolsch's part. Yeah, n- not that I wish I could be a part of it necessarily, but but my favorite episode I think has been that 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 episode and the and the scene was Xanner just going from world to world yeah. to world, oh, yeah. and yeah. then. Fine tuning that back into um in on um, Salor or the, the town or base of Salor where uh where Xanner and Kolsch interact. That was that was beautiful. That was great. And then the whole Killian, like it's all about Xanner, Ken Xan and then no Xanner's not, oh my god, we're losing Xan and then no, it's Killian. Oh I would was- take I would take that whole sequence. I would challenge any sci-fi writer to do something like that. You know, it's, just, it's of equal quality to any of the current shows that are out there right now. It's such That's good cool. storytelling. This week on House. Oh. Just sit, literally <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> I mean, Xander, does Xander have lupus? <laughs> it's not lupus. It's not lupus. <laughs> we did that test. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about scenes that I wasn't a part of, and, and that's what that's one of the first one that jumps out to me because when Xander got lost in the chain gate, like I was out of the rest of the episode, like mm-hmm. we were a full two hours. I just kind of listened and took notes because I didn't speak at all, mm-hmm. and then the first half of the next episode was the same way, uh, and so so many different things happening, but it, it turned into something I was really involved with. The one that I was the most uncomfortable with. And I'm trying to remember the exact details of it, but I remember so clearly Idrisil is trying to have a conversation. And this was during Xander's super uh, diplomatic moments. And Xander was not in the room and couldn't have it. And so Idrisil is is trying to get through 
and trying to get this conversation and, and oh, yeah. I, I as Xanner am just dying on the inside because I have my <laughs> speech written I know what to say I know what to roll for and and Idrisil is just failing and just failing and failing forward and, and getting that information I was like ah this is so good such good storytelling it was killing me yeah I remember I, that scene really well it was a little bit of um Idrisil trying to like brute force's way in, right? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. the diplomatic one of the group, and I was, you know, it was between Idrisil and Alistair having trouble figuring out how to, in, you know, do a, 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 you know, intimidate them without intimidating them, kind of, you yeah. know, so to speak, without having to roll, I guess. <laughs> Me trying to cheat the system a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was just a bunch of uh, erudites and aristocrats and so the ranger comes in and I, you know, Tom was like, no, you're dirty, you smell, you're an elf. And these are just really nice people who don't want anything. And then uh, was it, I think it was still Killian at the time then uh, uh, noticed one of the guys from the previous episode and was like, we got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. I handle this. And I was just like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll do it. It's like, you, you, you know, I remember that really well. It was really fun. Um, all right, without further ado, I think now is a great time for our big quest Oh, questionable questions. Our huge quiz, everybody. Oh, we're seeing the, the players straighten up and get a little serious now. <laughs> so we still have a ton of questions from, uh, I still have a bunch. I, I'm sure some of the players do. We have a bunch still from the fans, but let's get into our questionnaire. So this is going to be a big epic 30 plus question questionnaire uh this is going to be huge how it works is i'll read aloud the question you'll see it in there it will appear in twitch so you need twitch up and running uh and what will happen is i'll read the question once the question is read aloud you will have 15 seconds to answer the question and as you do you will have a point total something like 15 or 10,000 points that will quickly spiral down to zero as you get towards the end of the 15 seconds the sooner you answer correctly the more points you get so if you take forever, you might just get two or 1,000 points. You know it instantly, you might get all 10,000 or whatever it is points. Uh, so that's great. The bad news is if you get it wrong, you lose that many oh. points as well. So if you're not quite sure, you might wait to the end and guess. If you are cocky and go right from the start and miss, you could lose a bundle of points. And finally, if you don't guess at all, you will lose and gain zero points. So there's a little bit of a strategy there. Uh, these questions are from, we'll start with season one, and then it will, it'll be easy questions going to harder. Then we'll go season two, easy to hard, season three, easy to hard. If you've not listened to or played in the case of the players in those seasons, screw you, life's not fair. <laughs> uh, for the players, whichever top bard uh, has the most points at the end, and this is a freaking marathon. We will be testing your knowledge. I think this is gonna take us like 15, 20 minutes. This is huge. Um, the top scoring bard will get two extra hero points at the start of the next adventure. And the top scoring uh, fan live on Twitch right now will uh, get a $25 gift card to drive through RPG website to get nice. whatever your RPG needs are. So what I'm going to do, you got to be on Twitch right now live for this to happen. I'm I have a to... point of order I have to ask, yes. Tom. Yes. So Sildren currently has three hero points uh yes. because of a kind uh 
uh, Twitcher um, from perfect. before. So if I win, that means I'll have five, right? Yes. Okay. Go perfect. Nuts. All right, make it rain. I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not going to help anybody else with that. (laughs) All right. So if you look in Twitch right now, it's sending you instructions. And what you want to do is on the right, if you hover your mouse over the right-hand side of the screen on Twitch, you should see a quiz kit icon appear. And it says you need to give it access so that your name appears, so I know who you are. Do I need to reload or something? I don't know. It's there. (laughs) So do we add it to our channel? It says your viewers' names won't be shown by default, so encourage them to authorize the extension by pressing the QuizKit logo on the right side of the stream and clicking allow access, or is that old instructions? Manage access? I have no, I have no it such It looks like thing. I've given access, I think. Try, yeah, right? manage access and then grant permissions. That will send your ID so I know who you are. I am reloading. Sammy says you have to click the see your name thing is what Sammy says. Maybe there's a visible option. So take a look at some of those options. See if you guys see anything. It says overlay one set quiz no, kit. That's, that might be because you're, you're a member, you're, you're an editor okay. of it. Any other options you guys see before we begin? Access. Quiz kit. And then add to my channel. No, I think it's manage you're access. This to build, manage yeah. access. You're granting this developer access to your Grant Twitch user ID. Access. Allow this extension to know your user ID on Twitch. Can you tell who's done it, Tom? I cannot. Okay. That's the that's this is the challenge. So let's get it right. So make sure you go to manage access. You should then see allow this extension to know your user ID on Twitch grant or cancel and hit grant okay i did that all right player's good uh, christopher's supposed to be good at computers what's going on here i'm good at computers i'm terrible at rich this all right <laughs> I, I will just accept my fate i've hit accept but nothing all right between, so well, let's see what happens do I click add to channel? What did you click manage? Uh, uh, manage. I did manage access, and then it said grant. I did that. Then you're good. You're good. Okay. All right. Let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. See what we'll happens. start with the first question. And again, you have 15 seconds to answer. I will read the question out loud to start to help speed things up. Um, and here we go. In season one, what was Avius Catorum's catchphrase? What? See, this all falls apart. <laughs> so where do we type this? Just in the uh, click. You click on the screen. In Twitch. You got to be watching Twitch. Twitch live. Twitch. Hey, I am. Oh, I see. Yeah. Ah. Got it, got it. Tim, did Damn Tim it, just I miss out it. on his question? <laughs> <laughs> Life's not fair. All right. Could have had so many effing points. Do you like movies about gladiators? That really should have been his catchphrase. <laughs> All right, and I've just revealed the answer. The answer is, Tim? 
who's ready for adventure? All right. Uh, and I'm going to show scores right now so we can see who's on there. Oh, we have contestant 15 and 16 and 14. That means people have not uh, entered their name correctly. Uh-oh, this could be a challenge. We won't know who's which. I'm contestant 14. Are you? I guess so. I How can't find know? a place to enter my name. Yeah, I can't. How do I do that? Is there a way you can tell? If we can tell, we're in business. Uh, I, I know that that was my score. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it told me the score that that would that would happen All right. at my answer. Well, if you happen to recognize, me, that makes me contestant fifteen then. All right. And then is anyone sixteen? Maybe Bat Sammy online. We'll see. Okay, so we think fifteen is uh, Christopher. Bat Sammy's in there. Oh, Bat Sammy's there. All right, we just don't know who sixteen is. All right, so keep in mind what your scores are. We'll see if we can figure it out. Next question. This is season one still. Uh, in season one. What artifact took control over the heroes' minds? <laughs> Just waiting for the it lit up blue answer. as well. What artifact took control over the hero's mind? Still waiting for players. All right. Anyone want to tell the answer? Well, the Great Ascent. Great Ascent. It goes ding. Come on. <laughs> that is, goes ding is incorrect. Oh. <laughs> Someone actually put it down. Yep. I think Jillian uh, did. Let's take one last look at the scores, and then we'll do it every other, uh, every other, every other one. Canbunk currently in the lead. Oh. What? Jillian Wildfire rocking with a negative 11,000. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're negative as long as you're less negative than everybody else. <laughs> All right, next question. Question three in season one. The campaign took place in which city? What was the city name that the almost entirety of season one took place in? Yeah, this is a little interesting. <laughs> Had to think on that Almost one. got me for a second there. I don't it know is. if I got it right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Pretty and sure anyone, I didn't. Anyone listening as the podcast, just, just say it out loud on, on the bus. You won't look like a total idiot. All right. The answer is uh, the city of Tallis spelled with a P. P T O L U S. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got some people. 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. In season one, which hero lost a foot? Someone lost a foot. Can only count to 15 now. <laughs> Who is that? definitely Kenny. Super Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The great, the great involved hero named Kenny. Alright, uh, the answer, anyone? Olgram, shield biter. Uh, yeah, Ol everyone guessed nine? How the heck? Oh, we have some people not guessing because they weren't sure. I see, smart quiet. Everyone knows the foot. <laughs> Alright, let's look at these scores real fast. Let's see how we're doing. 
We have Dukes the first, Seth yeah. at top, Christopher nice. second, Tim third, Can Monk, who I don't recall being in our Twitch before, is the lead fan, Bat Sammy, close behind. Uh, all right, next question. What was the name of the ship used to explore Katorum Island? Oh my gosh. These are going to get harder. Wow, that's a good one. Oh no, I think I'm uh, damn it. The I lumber, got it, I got the it. Duke's castle, the crooked nose, or the nettle. Which ship uh, was the name of the ship used to explore? Come on, baby. Can I phone a friend? You cannot oh, no. phone a friend. Oh. All right, correct answer is the nettle. Yes. Nettle's the correct. The Duke's castle was the first ship you ever went yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was right. the very yeah, beginning, shit. episode one. Cultists. All right. Next question. Well, this is an easy one. With whom did Puck have a grudge with? Who could <laughs> that possibly be? <laughs> is it Tass, Jorn, Burns, or Ottle? All of these are actual names from season one, I believe. I'm pretty sure he had a grudge with all of them. <laughs> Where's E yeah, all of the yeah, above? Of the above. <laughs> uh, all right, and there we go. Come on. All right, Seth, the answer is Jorn. Jorn. Little bastard. We got yeah, nine people with the correct answer there. We have a couple more with season one, then we're going to move on to season two. Uh, all right, next question. Season one, before the evil forces of Morian would arrive, how many times would the bell toll? One, two, three, or four? Wow, nice. <laughs> I'm hurting some brain cells. I see Chris struggling. Because uh, I, I, I wasn't 100% sure, but I answered it really fast. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should have <laughs> waited. He's committing to yep, Is fast. anyone confident in their answer? No. I'm, I'm 10,000 points confident. I'm pretty sure it was two, but I said three. All right. <laughs> All right. The correct answer is four. Yeah. Four. Chris, they were both wrong. Good job. So many people went three. That is a ton of points gone. Lovely. Uh, let's look at the scores and real those, fast. And those were bells tolling for Elmon most of the time. <laughs> uh, top scores, contestant 14. Who did we say 14 was? That's this guy right here. Oh, That's you Jeremy. Jeremy, then Can Monk, then Seth, then Christopher. Um, Bat Sammy is the second best uh, fan right now. All right, next question. When in season one, while the heroes were exploring the sewers, what caused the huge explosion in the northern part of the city? Morian unleashed his final spell, a chaotic potion thrown by Puck, Xander's magic, Olgrim crashing an airship. Shit, <laughs> I, uh, I clicked the wrong one. Oh no! I did too. I did too. Good, but anyone super confident then what the answer is? There's more yeah, than yeah, spell. 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 All right. Yeah. The correct answer is Xanner's magic, is the correct answer. 
Oh my god! There gosh. was a huge oh, explosion. In that, and that was that was in season three a connection between tricky, tricky last question last question for season one here we go in season one who was elmon's love interest ascala amariel lady gentleman calf glenarin skycaller these are getting not very nice I think Chris should get this one, damn it. I, I did. I did. Oh, Chris. I'm going to ask Chris if you don't get this right. He still has fun. All right. Um, fun memories of it? Top number, but I full on All right, Chris, it. what is the answer for who was Elmon's love interest? Oh, God. I, I like Now I'm actually doubting. It was uh, Glenner and Skycaller. Glenner and Skycaller. Correct. Do you remember what her location was, where she lived in the city? What that was called it had an interesting name. Oh, it was, uh, I remember the garden. Um, something, no, I don't. Aridithil's home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember uh, Elmon almost, uh, he was ready to kill Avius at one point in time. <laughs> That's how you play Final Jeopardy, you guys. <laughs> you just, big old goose egg on the last one and just assume everyone's gonna fall behind. All right, uh, number yeah. one so far at the end of season one is Jeremy. Jeremy, I didn't think you listened to season one. How are you getting these? I know how your brain works. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, number two is Bat Sammy. Sammy has come out of nowhere and risen wow. to the top. Hang he on there, Ken. right behind you. How's that number two feeling? <laughs> All right, we're moving on to season two now. In season, we're going to start out easy and get a little bit harder. In season two, the heroes belong to which law enforcement organization? The Prophets, the Fallen Stars, the Rangers, the Nova Alliance. Oh, undo. Oh, God. Well, I. Oh, <laughs> first place. This might be going down. Season two, which the heroes belong to which law enforcement organization? All right, Tim, what did you put as the answer? The Prophets! Prophets is correct. Not the Rangers, you sure? Not the <laughs> Rangers. Not the Rangers. Okay. Was that you, Jeremy? The I one totally person the who didn't know so that? Like, no Prophets! Oh, God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that mouse is not where I thought it was. All right. Next question. In season two, in the opening chase, what did the heroes crash? <laughs> <laughs> Their starship, Timmy McDonald's birthday party, a police cruiser, or a corporate computer? Oddly oh, enough, funny. it's a little bit of everything. He? <laughs> <laughs> Should have clicked. I, I meant to click it like 3,000 points earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Alistair, what is the correct answer for the opening chase? Uh, is there a starship? I really don't know. That was is it correct? Birthday. Timmy McDonald's <laughs> birthday party was crashed. Oh, the, we no, stole, yes, we stole on that some one. cake. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Not we. Catherine. <laughs> Not we. <laughs> Catherine's cake. All right, uh, next question. In season two, in the opening, no, we just did that one, sorry. In season two, when boarding a pirate vessel, what cover name did the heroes use for their ship? 
The Party Barge, a research vessel, a mining vessel, the Rangers. <laughs> it had another name attached to it, was it? No, it didn't. It didn't? Well, there was a name in front of it. I mean, it yeah, had I an official it was... name, but... Yeah, it had right. an official name, I thought. Uh, but, Seth, uh, what is the correct answer? Oh, the Kellen's Party Barge. Yeah. Yeah, there it was. Kellen's Party Barge. I should have put Kellen in there, but Party Barge. Um, there is the name of a, an actual wooden vessel called the Party Barge on Netflix's animated show Disenchanted. I wonder if they stole that from us at all. <laughs> uh, For I sure. didn't steal it from there. <laughs> um, no, because it's only like two years. Yeah. Uh, they would have stolen it from us. Old. Yeah. Uh. All right. Oh, let's look at the scores real fast. Let's see where we're at. Sammy is in the lead. Killing oh, it. Then Christopher. Farley fallen. Tim. Uh, then Chris, Seth, Can Monk, Jeremy, and whoever contestant number two is. I don't know if we know who contestant number two is. Um, all right. Moving on. Next question. In season two, getting a little bit harder. In season two, who had no soul? Was it Ripclaws, Strigan, Albus 47P, or Creve? Try to answer these as fast as you can with a trimmer. <laughs> you get a, handy, a golf handicap? All right. And season two, who had no soul? Uh, Tim, care to reveal the answer for us? I'm Albus 47P, and I'm a prophet. <laughs> and he has no soul. A whole bunch of people got that one. Yeah, Elvis MV had no soul. One of my favorite lines. <laughs> I think it was like, I have no soul. It was just like this flat voice was so. Oh, that was funny. so good. Oh, it was great. We should all right. them all. Uh, in season two, what is every child's favorite friend? Is it Augie? Is it Jim Jim the Magic Blob? Is it Spaceship Battles? Is it the Rip Claws? <laughs> it's gonna get a little challenging. By the way, we're only halfway done. I know this is way longer than it really should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's fun. Totally fun. All right. I figure if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Dun, 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 dun. All right. In season two, what is every child's favorite friend? And the answer is Jim Jim the Everyone got this one right. Jim Jim the Magic Blob. It sounds like a children's friend. Oh my god! And when Tim, it wasn't Tim friendly. the voice of it, and like it was real gravelly, like 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 <laughs> like like, like he'd been smoking for twenty years. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think this and those and Jim Jim came from the news broadcast that would come through, yeah, yeah. which I think is a fantastic role-playing GM little trick. I, yeah, I want to somehow awesome. incorporate that. I only did the voice of it because Augie messed with Albus's voice chip. Right. And, and messed it up. But didn't mess it up. We we programmed you for that. You had... the <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. It's, it's all intentional in Augie's mind. All right. In season two, what is the name of the evil bad guy who ran Rallis Mining? Who's the evil bad guy? Season two, director Morian, director Rutledge, director Fields, director Thompson. These are questions you probably don't know. Let's find out. 
Oh, I know that one. Oh, Chris sounds confident. Then Chris, in three seconds, would you mind telling us who is the answer to the evil bad guy who ran Rallis Mining? That was the indubitable dickhead Director Rutledge. Director <laughs> Rutledge is correct. It was my second least favorite NPC. <laughs> that damn there was Rutledge. a great, there was a great. Um, battle with him uh, just the verbal joust i think twice once where he won and then a second where you guys literally uh got him and he had to flee um yeah and his end was just a quick scramble it's like whoa like the campaign has come to an abrupt end there needs to be some sort of denouement to what's going on here uh let's look at the scores real fast see where we're at i'm playing Top place bat sammy What's that? I, I, I'm playing golf this season. I'm just gonna go for the lowest score. Oh, all right. Apparently, uh, I challenge wow, you to that. Jeremy. You were in first place until you started talking shit, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, we have so someone well, new on my board. Uh, in eighth place, coming up, sixth place is Can Monk. Seventh place, contestant fourteen, which I think is Jeremy. And eighth place, Jillian has appeared. Uh, oh. Let's move on. We have two more questions in season two. In season two, what was the name of the insect race on the world ship Ornua? What was the name of the insect race? The primals, the mantis, the octavores, the gris? Anyone feel confident about this one? Yep. Wow, Chris, oh, yeah. I love your confidence. Your score doesn't necessarily reflect your confidence, but I love your confidence. <laughs> I got one wrong and, and okay, that's, that's kills you. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, what was the name of the insect race? It was the Gris. The Gris. Oh, that was easier than I thought. You guys are good. Well, let's see if this one's easy or not. Uh, last question for season two. Coming up once the system lets me, here we go. In season two, what was the name of the hero's final ship? You had a couple different ships. What was the name of the final ship? The Echo, the Vesper, the Starline, the Clarity. Oh crap, I did it again. I mean, it's perfect. Uh, I might go to Chris on this one as well, as there was definitely a connection with Chris. Uh, yeah. Chris, if you feel confident, what's the answer? Sure do. It's the Vesper. The Vesper. What was the moment at the at your end? There was a decision right at the end your character had to make. I can't quite remember what it was. Uh, it was, I think, where to land the Vesper. Um, and something with your shield. You had a choice. I can't remember. Uh, that's not important. Yeah, because like he's fighting off all these gris or, or no, the they bugs, the bugs. Yeah, the bugs. They weren't gris, but and it was either continue to fight them off or use your your connection, your whatever connection you had with the neuron yeah. system in the Vesper to, to call it down to come save us. Yep. That was it. That was a great salute. That was a great. That's a great salute. I was going to say that that would have been that would have been great to know yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're now 
done with season two. The score is Christopher at the top, 170K. Sammy right behind him. Uh, Chris right behind them. And Tim right behind the tie, the fourth. First four places, Ooh. very tight. Uh, Seth's not too far back. Can Monk uh, is there. Uh, and then we have contestant 14, which is Jeremy. And then we have uh, Jillian, contestant two. Alistair with 20,000. And then this random contestant number 18 with negative nine. Hang in there, number 18. <laughs> Just a welcome to you the party. Are. Thank you. I appreciate you. I, I would you. love to know who you are. You don't have to if there's shame going on. Thank you, on. contestant <laughs> number 18. Random contestant number 18. It's Alistair's mom. <laughs> All right, we are now officially moving into season three. Let's keep it simple right off the bat. Season three. This is where I'm going to fall. What is the name of the young sorceress who joined the ranks of the heroes? Is it the Blood Gypsy, Yelena, Cabal, or Sano? Not quite 15,000 on that one. Close. <laughs> How you guys are getting the uh, when the when the thing pops up on mine, it's already at twelve thousand. Yeah, I'm taking some hits. I've got some delays as well. I'm buffering all the time. All right, what's the answer to who joined the ranks? Young Yelena. Yelena. We got ooh, we got some folks with Sana and then Yelena. Sana, anyone know? Who Sana yeah, is. Sana was the frozen woman, right? No. no. She was in that prophecy that the frozen, uh, the I think it was Callan Vero, Vero saved us from the ice. And nope. then no. she gave us a little speech, right? Maybe her, her job title might help you. High Priestess, Sana? Yes. Here's uh, <laughs> Scott. This should be the next question then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, question number two for season three. Season three, keeping it a little light. Where's the best place in Tavernry to enjoy a drink with friends and find a dangerous quest nailed to a wooden pillar? Chesto! <laughs> Is it the Seahorse Tavern, Peg's Tavern, Grand Legacy Theater, Fall Feathers Inn? All of those actual locations in Tavernry. Yep. It's Sea Pony Tavern now. See ponies. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Alistair, you feel confident on this one? Uh, I believe it's Peg's Tavern, Alex. Go to the judges. Yes, it is Peg's Tavern. Where is not phrase Peg's that Tavern. in the form. <laughs> what is? <laughs> what is? <laughs> Negative. All right, that was two questions. Let's take a quick look at our score. See where we're at. Sammy's retaking the lead. Chris right after. Christopher has fallen to fourth place. Um, wire, whip fire, wildfire. Yeah. So oh, that's me, Arif Pew. Yeah, you're there. I, I changed my name now, but I, the, the little icon showed up on the side. So no longer contestant 14. Sweet. How did you do that? So we can get contestant number two and 18 to show up. So Don't on, worry about them. It, the quiz kit shows up on the right. It did not show up originally, but now when oh, I scroll okay. over to the right, the little whip slide oh, out sweet. shows up. All right, next question. In season three, which hero was a god to a race of underground lizard folk? Which hero? Was it Jix, Idrisil, Iggy, or Xanner? That was such a good scene. Ah, click. Damn mouse. Xanner, Xanner, Xanner. 
All right, since Tim was struggling, we'll let him have the honor of revealing the answer if you're confident, Tim. Tim, what's the, who was the, what hero was a god to a race of underground lizard folk? Well, it was Jay Igrasil. It was Idrisil. <laughs> it's correct. We got a bunch of people with that one. I think Jeremy screwed people over with Xanar because we have one person give Xanar. All right. Oh, no. Sorry, number 18. <laughs> Next question. In here we go. In season three, who is the sorcerer from Azimir with visions of the future? Is it Xanar, Kellyanne Vero, Yelena, or Majinor? And I clicked extra fast on that one. I almost got it. It's like, oh no! I think for you players, this should be a relatively easy one. Anyone care to reveal the answer now? All right, Callie and Vero. Callie and Vero. Oh, we had Barreau. some people select Majinor, and Xanor was also selected as one of the answers. <laughs> That is fantastic. I, I think is just always going the with answer. answer C all the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's random, people. It's randomized. You're screwing yourself. Here's our scores. Sammy is pulling away 220,000. Oh Chris with 214. Uh, then Tim, then Christopher, Can Monk, 7th uh, and 8th place uh, are also there with Jeremy and Julian. Uh, next question. Oops, go down here. Next question. Season three, gonna get a little bit harder. How many spires were part of Captain Jagged's secret lair? Two, four, five, or eight? <laughs> Chris's weird eyebrows. <laughs> How many spires were part of Captain Jagged's secret lair? Total guess. Hope it pays off. Ah, shit. Oh, oh. what'd you guess? <laughs> the wrong one. This Captain Jagged? This one, to me, it's burned in my head, the visual. I know exactly where everything's at, so maybe it's just easier for me. The answer is Cinco Five. Five. Oh, I got it right. Yes. Four mm -hmm. yeah. one in the middle. Yep, four on the outside. Like uh, I said, it was like the number five on the, yeah, on the die. all right. All right. Next question in season three. Who was Sir Brenros's personal nemesis? Raineth, Jix, <laughs> Sir Kendall, Time. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> all of the above. It's just it's so sad. <laughs> time was not on his side. Dragon. Dragon. Is that, was that an answer? Uh, all right. Now, okay, Jeremy. What's the answer? That would be Sir Kendall. Sir Kendall is correct. Someone picked Jix. <laughs> I don't think those guys barely talked at all, but someone saw a little antagonism there. All right. Let's look at our score and see where we're at. We have seven more questions to go, folks. We're getting towards the end. Here's our current score. We have under total scores, Chris has taken the lead. Yeah. Uh, then Tim, Sammy, Christopher, uh, Seth, Can Monk, uh, Jeremy, and Alistair has come up from 20k to 77. Slow and steady, <laughs> friends. Slow and steady. It kind of helps when you've been part of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bonus. All right, season three. 
This is long answers. Uh, why was the chain gate dug out from Bottom Hill? Nice. Answers were a little long, so I didn't want to read them out. Like, all of these are puzzles. I love For the honor crin to cross into Varen as the first step in Awakening Scorgenar to free Zolgath from the Swamp Witch as a transfer point to and from the Nexus. Don't remember. the wrong one. I know what that one. You know that one? Who knows this one? I know this one hardcore. I know it. All right, what is it? It is for the honor crin to cross into Varen. Correct. Yeah. Correct. All right, next question. Let's see if you remember this. I think so. In season three, what dangerous noble house of Mirskan did the heroes offend at the foamy trumpet? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might ask Seth this one when we're ready. <laughs> Is it House Nakor, House Relmar, House Vast, House Summerall? Are any of the spellings throwing you guys off? You're seeing the yes. official spellings on some Absolutely. of these things? A little bit, that's, yeah. That's not how that's written in my notes. <laughs> All right. What dangerous noble house of Mirskan did the heroes slash Iggy offend of the foamy trumpet? Seth? Oh, House Vass. House Vass. Correct. Next question. Once it lets me. Once it lets me. In season three, who is the richest man in Tabernary who likes to throw the best birthday parties ever? Second favorite NPC. Is it Orien, Namarel, Anchiel, Strel? A lot of L sounds. I, I wasn't around for those bits, so I'm taking a total guess there. Or you don't have to and get zero. I points. was there and I'm taking a total guess, Tim, yep. so don't feel bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He I just came up earlier. This <laughs> was where Idrisil discovered himself. When he went to right. Enchil's party with Sir Brenros. Christopher, do you know this answer? You don't. You weren't there. Jeremy, do you know this answer? Yeah, this was. But I'm still playing. This was Enchil's house. Enchil is like, the correct answer. I remember answer. writing the the teaser script like describing the episode for that one but i never listened to it yet i know you should it's one of our funnier episodes it is both, our the, both the episodes at his house were funny I, I i've heard bits all right here's our uh score we have chris then sammy tim jeremy has come up seth uh, Christopher is falling out. Hang on, Christopher. Don't lose the Peloton. Then Can Monk, uh, uh, Alistair has gotten up to 101,000. Can Monk, what are you doing? That I wasn't here for. Contestant two is there. <laughs> Jillian's at 32, and contestant 18. We don't know who you are, but we love you. Can Monk, I, I was holding the rear for Can Monk. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. Now, would now these are the hardest questions. Uh, the next three are the hardest questions in the entire survey. Here we go. <laughs> Good luck. In season three, beneath the acid swamp in the spire of Keldian Daljar, what enemy did the hero square off against? Fell race of Keldian, a gelatinous cube, an ogre, a witch. 
It took me suck a second. It. I didn't suck get my four- everyone listening. <laughs> it took me a second too. I didn't get my fourteen thousand on this one, but I'm still proud. Oh really? Uh, I I think. Oh yeah. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, do you know what it is? Are you confident? Uh, if if I know you, then the answer is gelatinous Q because of the square off pun. <laughs> <laughs> no, no kidding, man. <laughs> you should, I, I can't give you bonus points. I want to give you a thousand points. That is so good. Answer. I never caught it. I, I just remember being in the in the job, acid swamp. Nice job, Alistair. If if one of the questions which was asked of me, what was the most dangerously surprising encounter? The gelatinous cube was. Yeah. And and I really should have known better. When you have a full gelatinous cube coming at you in a horizontal dungeon room that's dangerous but just sliding down on you yeah. <laughs> oh that got really bad real fast real bad uh all right next oh, question <laughs> this is this really hard question in season three what was fiel's job as a young woman in mere scone is it farmhand, worker at a general store, pirate, clothes washer? Hell. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm letting the clock clock run down on this one. This is a, a brief mention in I've a script. I've had to do script. that five times. I'm, I'm, I'm going back in my, my memory of that script. <laughs> Anyone at all feel any leaning I'll, towards uh, one I'll, of these? I'll take a shot. Yeah. yeah. Clothes washer. Yeah. Is the correct answer. Nice. Ooh, seven people. That's impressive. That was one. That was just a couple lines in a script long ago. Well done. Such a shameful script, though. I was one of the general store guests. What do you mean? There. Oh, uh, Palik was super ashamed because she was the episode before that about the murder. That poor woman. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. knock me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris at the top, Bat, Sammy, Tim, Seth, Christopher, Jeremy, Canmunk, Alistair coming up. Contestant number two, jumping up forward. Jillian and contestant 18. Um, I think maybe the last three people have just fallen asleep at this point. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, we have three more questions left, and then we are done, and we'll know our winners. Uh, question season three. The heroes came across several journal entries from a long-dead sage. What is this sage's name? Enpator, the Romarian sage. Gabe, Onarius, the feathered sage. Genwis. <laughs> Thank that guy. Anyone feeling confident at all? Pretty sure it's Empator, Marian Sage. I I think you're right. Okay. All right, and the answer is Onarius the Fellow Sage. There are answers on all this. Whoever guessed Gabe, I'm going to flick in the head. All right, let's do one last peek at the scores before we do our final last two questions. Let's look at these scores. Oh, Sammy nailed it. Good job. We have Chris, Sammy, Tim, Seth, Christopher, Jeremy, Canmunk, Alistair, uh, Jillian, Contestant 18. All right, last two questions of our big... All the marbles. Here we go. 
In season three, what is the name of Jix's mother? <gasps> is it Mandolin, Jinx, Lady Talmaldrin, Mother? No, no! Click the wrong one! Damn <laughs> it to hell! I teed that one up for you guys. <laughs> and Jeremy puts his mouth on the ball and all the parents ah. just start wondering what's wrong with my special son. <laughs> uh, Tim, who is, what is the name of Jix's mother? Mother. Mother is correct. God. Jeremy, is that you with mandolin number yes. one? All right. <laughs> All right, last question of our awesome quest of questionable questions. This is it. Here we go. Last chance to get some points. Can you ever roll worse than a two? <laughs> <laughs> Answers are never. Yes, there's a 5% chance all the time. All the time. Let's the see. The answer is Brenros. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Chris has thrown his hands up trying to guess what I put on there. Did you <laughs> no, really and I know never? it now, and I got it wrong. Oh, what do you think it is? Never. The correct answer is never. No one guessed it. Because our line is you, you can't ever roll in the first after I did it. Yeah. It's a tricky question. It's a trick it's a one. Question. It's a good one. All right. And we will go to our final results. Here we go. In first place is Chris with 287. Wow. Good job, Chris. Wow. Second place is Sammy, 277. Tim, 245. Seth, 236. Christopher, 232. Jeremy, 188. Thanks for somewhat paying attention, Jeremy, to the whole I'll season. Uh, Canmunk, 176. Alistair, 97. Contestant, 253. Jillian, 21. Contestant, 18. Negative 22. So our, our barred winner is Chris with 287. Chris will have five hero five points. Five hero points. <laughs> And then Bat Sammy is our winner. Good job, Bat Sammy. You will yeah, win our Sammy. $25 gift certificate to the drive through RPG. Uh, nicely done. Uh, awesome, Bats Tom. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was great, Tom. Uh, so, Bat Sammy, if you can, in Discord, send me a private message and send me your email address. I need an email to uh, get you that gift certificate, please. Uh, all right, let's take a break here for about 10 minutes, and then we're going to come back and continue on with a bunch more questions in our celebration of our 110th episode. We'll see you in a bit. Cool, crisp, unfiltered, and full of flavor. That's right, folks. The Inglorious Barge. Live and lively, bold flavors, just a hint of hoppy bitterness, full-bodied. Only the finest of dramatic ingredients with notes of comic relief and tasting like it was bottled from the crystal clear streams running off the west peaks of Navarre just this morning. Join me for a pint, won't you? Every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash ingloriousbarge. All right, we are back and we just finished our big quest oh questionable questions with uh chris and sammy as our winners congratulations again um speaking of questions we have a question from uh sammy 
Apparently, this is the Sammy show. Sammy asks, <laughs> Chris, how badass did you feel murdering the senator? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, it, uh, yeah, uh, that dude had it coming. Uh, I, if, I don't think I answered who my least favorite NPC was, <laughs> um, but it, 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 was, it was probably at least season three, Senator Kethed. And actually, Tom, that brings up a question that I have for you. At one point in time, it was maybe an after show or two later, or at some point in time later, it was referenced back. And you said something to the effect that I didn't like that at the time. And it sounded like you had like warmed up to the fact that I had killed him over time. But I, but like the moment came and went so fast did i misread that did you continue to not like that moment i don't know if i yeah i don't know if i still like that moment it just because it's so jarring and because i had so much moving with that character over such a long time and it just came to me out of nowhere and it was totally in my mind against Sildren's persona and yet I absolutely love that he did it because it gave another layer to him that yeah he's this nice guy he's part of nature but he reaches there's a point there's a point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool yeah it just uh I mean from a character point of view just Sildren saw no redeeming qualities in in that guy and felt like like no matter where he was going to be in jail, banished, whatever, he was still going to cause like, like he was going to try to, like, he wasn't going to stop. He was going to keep conniving and trying to get out and trying to take away the kingdom from the rightful king. And what do you, you know, so you deal with them. <laughs> He's basically, and, and he was trying to bring the honor crin around. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, that is against like the Nate, the natural order of, of that world by bringing things from other planes into it. So, um, yeah. So like zero redeeming qualities. <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump in again. I got a lot of questions. Feel free if you guys have them to jump in too. Uh, we have a lot of, fans who submit some uh, fan work, a lot of art. We have some great pictures. We have had paintings. One of our uh, most frequent artists is Frank. Frank has submitted several uh, pieces of uh, sketches and art, and he has just recently sent a picture of uh, some clay work he did creating Sir Brenros's chalice, which looks epic. Uh, Frank's question is, he's asking of us, the artist in me wants to know, what else would you like me to create? It's an invitation. Mm. Wow. I've got an idea. What I do mean, you guys think? Can't you just do a full feature-length claymation of season <laughs> Can you do a flip book of Why the not? whole season? Uh, just reenact the whole episode. thing <laughs> in claymation. That would one only of Jix's uh, bombs would be cool. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. What was your idea, Tom? 
I would like an illustration of one of my favorite places in season three. And it is this warm, wood-paneled, cushioned, mist-like, library-esque conservatory of the Nexus. I would like just an empty, like, photo, if you will, illustration of that. That would be fantastic. On the flip side, I would love to see one of the Towers of Scoriel. Oh yeah! Like I've, yeah. I've had some mm-hmm. really cool picturings of, of where they've what they've looked like, whether it's been in Thave or in Tabernry mm. or your oh, background. Saw up north, but yeah, just like no, look at your back. Your background oh, is, my ba- is that pretty is that cool. There? That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they've been they've been super epic. So I've uh, I, so I one of those. I'm not sure if Frank was the artist of these or not, but. Um, from season one, some of the earliest art artwork we got, one was um, a drawing of Puck, and uh, awesome. the other one was, I think, the Nettle. Um, that was, uh, I think, Eric in Texas. Okay, those those were awesome. Um, yeah, that one of Puck with the bears, the shadow was awesome. Yes, that was cool. yes. I think it was, uh, I think it was still, um, Frank, I'm not sure, but someone made the uh, clenching fist holding the symbol of King yeah, Fae on Frank. the wolf. Um, amazing draw. Okay. That was fun. Um, all right. I got another question from Brambor asking, let's see, me, Tom. Tom, how do you design your campaigns, especially the worlds and the connections between individual quests? The world building in the Bard's adventures are just amazing and feel so real. I hope the answer is not a top secret guarded treasure, is what he asks. Uh, for me, the world building. It starts, particularly with season three, it starts with some rough ideas or themes that I, th- I would like to explore. But then the meat of it is the map, because so much can come from the map. You start to visualize what's in that nook, what's over there behind that forest, what's in this mountain range. So the map was really important. I, I had a new tool that I used for this season to make the world with that map. And that map took forever ever uh and if you are a patron you can see a copy of it in the discord and on the patron site high res version i mean there's so much texturing and stuff i put into it very proud of that map but that map's really big and then that starts fleshing out ideas what I do then, I do stuff like what's what's the religion in the face? How do those face connect with each other? What are the different major cities and government structures? What are major NPCs? How do cultures and customs interact? How does the geography fit with that? How do monsters, what are villains? Uh, not villains, but necessarily just, again, people with opposing views. And how does that all work and connect? And how has that gone over time? Then I destroy all of that, and that, that is age one. <laughs> So then I'm doing this this Tolkien-esque vibe, not just not to borrow too much from the master. Why am I not surprised <laughs> to hear that? <laughs> so now Oh my god, then, that's and, oh that explains so much, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> so then I've got that yeah. and then I do it again. So that would be the Chaloran age. Then I repeat that process again. And how does this time what are they borrowing? What do they remember? What did they lose from the first age? How did they grow? What are the new kingdoms? What are the new face? Now I've got that for role playing. I destroyed that. That is age two. That is the old Byzerin Empire. 
And then now there's the third one. And so now there's some echoes of the old Bizerin, barely echoes peeking through of anything from the first Chaloran Empire. Now what is left of the desert stuff and the desert gods from the Chaloran stuff? Well, that's just Thave, this dirty scrambling blah, blah, blah. That used to be blah, blah, blah. How did as what came out of the Azimir? Oh, okay, that's Azimir. So that becomes the final age that we play with. And I don't know if I necessarily advise this with any, um, uh, burgeoning new uh, game master because one of the biggest mistakes you can make is making a lot of campaign stuff that doesn't matter always make stuff that the players care about because uh, they they they're the stars but i always like doing a little bit more than necessary so you can just get little hints of stuff which gives it just a little bit more i don't know realism I don't know, but that's how i do it. depth and history it definitely gives it that and we feel it We've talked about it a couple of times before already that the the amount of lore that gets built in to a world that is that rich and that cared for and that purged and then rebuilt and then purged again. Like there's there's enough in there that when we ask you a question, you don't stutter. You go, oh, it's because of this, mm -hmm. because of this, because of this, because of this guy. But you don't remember that because of these books. <laughs> Where did you just come up with that? Yeah, it's it's super deep. It's impressive, Ooh. and it is not the uh, Lazy DM's Guide from Sly Flourish by any means. Um, I, I guess not. I'm assuming you're not just rolling tables. No, not rolling tables, no. <laughs> and then I know it's probably wasted time, but uh, yeah, but and a lot of this stuff will never come to light. Like you guys in the snowy island came across a collapsed statue half hidden in the snow. I know why that statue was made and why it came to that position, but it, it, you guys probably never will. But it doesn't matter. I think I, I get excited about that. And I will admit sometimes I will go back and flesh out some stuff from the first or second age just because it's cool and like oh what was what was that relationship and why did that really collapse and i don't know world building is kind of fun sometimes so tom was there something in season one maybe that you had where like oh i really hope i get to like show this off <laughs> and that we just never did or or or, or 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 like we like almost did and then just ran away from with season one, it's a little different because it wasn't me. It was uh, Monty Cook's tallest city, but then I added and expanded and put our own campaign, blah, blah, blah. Um, so definitely, um, if anyone's interested in that, go go get it. He did a Kickstarter about a year ago where he did it for D&D uh, 5th edition. Um, I think something, and the Cypher system. So he redid that. So you've got a couple different systems. So it's a great, great setting. Anyways, I can say there was three different areas that I was so excited that you guys would head towards that never happened. Uh, the first is I wanted to see or get more value out of or explore more of the Bane Warrens, that evil vault of stuff that had a lot of potential. The other one was underneath that, I can't remember the name, the cemetery district were tons of undead of a hierarchical nature and you guys met one of those dudes uh when he came into that mausoleum you were uh, locked away in the dude with the sword uh um that guy the guy he phased into the room and was knocking you guys had to yeah, run like 
Yeah, you guys had to run like crazy. You you spent the night when you should not have. Was like I think the the end. Yeah, yeah. The dude, I remember he had like a huge sword. I think. Yeah. So yeah, there's different buildings and what's underneath those buildings and what's underneath that and the yeah, that's always been cool. But the one I thought was very interesting to me. At the end of some adventures, you guys will mention either at the end of the adventure, or even between weeks, you'll we'll talk via text, and maybe we could go there, or there. And you said one that I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I didn't really, and I so I fleshed out uh, an area you guys thought of, and that was that dwarf outside the Bane Warrens who was on like a delivering, and then you put him like on guard duty or something. And then someone, Chris, or someone said, yeah, well, I think we should really go down and see what's going on with him and his dwarven people. So I had, there's all this stuff set up for the dwarven people down there, and you guys didn't, and that's totally fine. I, but I was always interested in that. It was like, yeah, like Redstone or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Okay, I'm going to spin it around then. Because it's the question that I had that I've been really excited about. What character are you not playing that you wish you could play? What character have we played together that you wish you could be, you could have done? This is for Tom. This is for everybody. Like I, I will take Tom and, and everybody else. Like, like of the other players here, right? Xander, Palik, Iggy, Idrisil, Jix. Like what? If, if you could play a different character, what would you play? I, I would I would play just because of how well this character has been done to date. I, I would I would love to play Xanar. <laughs> Those big shoes, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, big they're shoes. small. They're small. What is small? you morph into a combat wise, uh, Master Yaru is <laughs> like I like the abilities and 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 kind of the little bit of juggling that with the with the um key points um Mm. and things like that the focus points um and the one inch punch and how many actions you use for it and um it's it's your combat always interests me uh yeah i mean uh i would reflect that back i would play Either I was thinking either Sildren or Killian, just because I've I really I've only played martial characters so far, so I wanted I'm dipping into the spellcasting a little no, bit with true. what I can do, um, but doing a full on spellcaster um, would be really interesting to me. Um, but more Killian than Sildren uh, for our story purposes, just because I loved Killian as a character um, so much. I've always wondered what it would be like if uh, Christopher had played Puck and I had played Oldrum. <laughs> but that's like to date still like one of my favorite like relationship nice. dynamics. Yeah. Like those two loved each other so yeah. much. And there was so much heartbreak uh, over that uh, relationship with with uh, uh, Oldrum retiring, which was like, none of us knew that was going to happen. I don't even think Tom knew that was going to happen. I'm not sure Christopher knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Puck dying and, and uh, Christopher really just like, oh, just 
just opening up his guts. Uh, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, his uh, epitaph was yeah. was amazing. The the, the epitaph for uh, for Puck was huge with the rain coming down. Everyone else leaving to go inside for the wake, and Olgram staying out there a little bit longer was huge. And then at the very end of that whole season, having uh, uh, Olgram come in and Christopher riffing off uh, just a quick end cap to the whole season was really yeah. cool. I want to say, orders. Christopher, and especially as Olgrim, he always knew exactly what to say at the right time. Whether it was a heartfelt epitaph or, or like some just nonchalant, funny, witty comment that just made us all belly laugh yeah. for a minute. Like, Christopher always just knows what to say, and I—that is Christopher's yeah. style. Yeah. Chris, Christopher sure. doesn't. Christopher's not the the Jeremy Zanner. La, 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 you know, he's not <laughs> out there pushing. Himself. Christopher stays back, but then when he comes in, it's just what that scene needs. It's yeah, really cool. yeah. He, he, Christopher, you're truly a master with that. That's uh, um, you've had some of I think the most kind of heartfelt. I mean, like we've all had them in spades, but. Um, you know, I think you've had some of the most heartfelt, emotional, um, like impactful speeches or comments or, you know, like, like your story arc in that, you know, e you know, even short in those in certain episodes. Um, just some of them, you know, you just they they just give you chills, you know. I appreciate that. Um but to that end, you should all recognize that the only reason I'm able to do even an ounce of that is because I can riff off of you guys. I was referring to more about that uh, emotional trust, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. like when I get teary eyed on some of the stuff, I'm like, man, this is a character arc that's going to come to a close. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy that we put in. And it's like, man, and you guys make it happen. Uh, so anything that I do is is only because you guys are open and willing to explore that kind of thing so yeah um I, and i love working with you guys and kind of in that same vein and i'm not sure i like we were bouncing some questions around but um <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm not sure if if it was asked oh i actually it's mine um what character death hit has hit you the hardest um but you know i'll start puck just like that because um that was just like because uh i know elmon was probably closest to puck of all of them even though puck's first love was always olgram um and <laughs> you know and so that was just hard and elmon felt responsible because they took him into the mausoleum that was a tough that was tough man that was don't, the... don't yell at me but how did puck die i can't remember the final blow uh, she, he was caught by, I, I don't remember her name, but she was, oh, yeah, the, yeah, we were wife. down in the mausoleum with the stairs. We yeah, like, like, yeah. like the, like the messed up stairs. And it was, um, one of the main antagonists that hated me, his wife, um, that he was bringing back from the dead or was in the other plane or whatever. Um, and we fought that battle. That was, that was a hard battle. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Both both Elmon <laughs> and Abius rolled natural ones, trying to like, and they were like doing some big time attacks, mm -hmm. trying to take her down. They All both right. rolled natural ones, and then it was her turn, and that's when 
she I took remember. out Puck, if I remember right. I yeah, and I think well, even, well, I think the round before that, like, Elmon missed, like, uncharacteristically for him. Like, you know, he, he just failed at something. And, for, and Yeah, for, for several rounds, uh, Puck was in, like, a like a ray, like, couldn't do anything. Uh, and yeah. Tom kept trying to give me outs, and I'm like, no, <laughs> sticking. And then finally it was like... This is your last round, and I think Puck you, went you crazy uh, like a ultraviolet on her. Yeah, a lot of Brenros I, in the chat. Oh, Brenros was Brenros is death. Brenros is rough. Yeah, what's that, Tim? My my hardest death was actually an NPC. Who's that? Jinx. Yeah, yeah, I uh, can see that. Yeah, that's really, a storyline that would have been was cool. not a major player at all in the story, but for Jix's background, she was huge. Oh. She was in. She was right there every <laughs> step of the way in his background. So that was. That I was really I cool. still remember your face, Tim, when that happened. And you were you were crushed. You were just like. I was crushed for Jix. There was a that was a, a that was a lot episodes. of uh, unexplored content there too. Uh, Tim, there was, uh, I think it's, yeah, I think we may have even mentioned it. You had mentioned your background and where you would come from, Amir Skan, and you had been taught alchemy as Jinx. So I had your old master there and connections possibly to get Jinx back. Then there's a the whole Wraith connection, but none of that mattered. Just a different path. And yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I don't think you guys ever told Mother that, did you? We never you told, told Mother about Jinx. Uh, no. You told the dad that I think, and yeah, he said he just he just said don't mention it. He said no. I Dads. think my big dust puck would be one for sure. The most shocking one to me would be Elmon uh, at the end of yeah. season one. Uh, but a an interesting touching one is the freaking magnificent seven. Everyone's going down at the end of season two, and uh, and knowing that that's what's happening. Kolsch and Catherine and Alba still going up, uh, committing to uh, dealing with whatever that uh, Antanna situation was. Albus is then gone. Kolsch and Catherine going down a level, and then that's going down fast. And then Kolsch, like, bursting out of the window, just going out on their own terms together was super cool. Yeah, that was amazing, too. Yeah. That I mean, that was that was a, a... I would put that right up with probably the most amazing death like you know just uh, uh i think that was one of the like coolest scenes for for a death scene well for story driven and and my own personal answer would be killian's death yeah that one uh that affected me as a player so much more hard than i was expecting it to when when you had the letters that you gave out to us and we read killian's letters around the table like the the full on, t I'm, I'm tearing up thinking about it again, but like the, the emotions that Xander had, the gratitude and guilt and shame and loss, like all just kind of like pouring into that and, and uh, acknowledging that like, like you said, this was a choice that you were already prepared for and, and ready for when he went into it. But man, it was a, it was a heavy blow and the first loss of the, of the whole crew. Um, and ended up being kind of prophetic with uh, 
his letter to you saying that yeah because because i remember um you know killian said he basically sacrificed himself because he saw great you know like you doing great things uh xaner xaner doing great things and then you've now you're the only surviving original member and you're teaching you know this oh. this this weapon um <laughs> that we have to point at uh 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 Char ice. Char ice. Um, so yeah, so his words live on. Wait. Don't die. Oh no. <laughs> More to live up to. Renro's I- dying within us like foreseeably not being able to recover his body is kind of yeah. crazy too, because one of the last things he did was he tucked a letter into his armor. He has that dagger oh. and then like his shield, which like you know, oh, you about to say all the loot he has. To... <laughs> <laughs> he does have quite a bit of platinum on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever it's feel the need to go back? <laughs> I've got a question from Turd Smuggling. Is the person yeah. asking the question? That's... Turd Smuggling asks of Christopher, "What was Rill's backstory all the way back in season one? He had something going on with his family and the Chaos Cult, but Christopher was always so delightfully vague in character." Thanks for answering. We love you guys. Well, Rill's backstory. Holy cow! Can you remember? No, I I remember it. It's it's heart wrenching every time I bring it up. But uh, so Rill was a halfling, and he the was, end. yeah, he was kind of on the he was kind of in the uh, the realm of the Fey. A lot of the times, that's pretty much how he existed. This uh, ephemeral lightness that he always had. So whenever he played music, he was kind of in between reality and the Fey, at least that's how I like to consider it. So his whole backstory uh, was he was separated from the Fey, uh, leaving behind family and all friends and all this kind of stuff. Uh, essentially a village just far, far away. And uh, I'm trying to recall some of the stuff. Um, uh, so his big gimmick was that he has the uh, the blue mist appears kind of thing and is able to kind of fun. rewrite a situation and whatnot. But it was actually uh, uh, some of these things were like visions into the Fae where his family was. So he would see the family running around and enjoying themselves while you were trying to do whatever. And it was uh, uh, the whole point of that was to illustrate that they had actually died in some uh, in some massacre, whatever. Their only solace was the Fae, this dreamland where they actually lived from that point. And he was able to visit and go back and forth in very specific situations uh, and give those visions to his compatriots and whatnot. Uh, so it, it, it's it's more or less that but he had uh he had a thing where uh he was tracking down his only child uh who had survived this massacre and was trying to figure out a way to get her back uh that story got left behind and i i think at some point it was revealed in the fae that she had actually passed on and, and it just it was very 
tragic story, but we never really touched on all of it. So it's not. Yeah. And that's more my fault than anything. Christopher created it all, but it was just more one of the biggest, I think, failings, if you will, of our whole role playing experience with me is just there's a huge constant drive. The enemy is coming. You've got stuff to do now, now, now. So it's really hard to sometimes branch off into the, the smaller stories at times. Um, well, that actually brings up to one of the questions that I had, and uh, forgive me if we'd already talked on this, but was there ever any point in your character's background, either season one, two, or three, that you wanted to touch on but couldn't, and it was like really profound and would have made like a really cool situation, you know, anything like that for anybody? Yeah. Ignal had a huge background that we never really got to touch on, but he, he his parents, his whole village was uh, decimated by orcs. That's right. And he had the this vengeance. dagger he carried around, he still carries around, and he wanted to find uh, the clan of orcs responsible, but it just, one of those things. Yeah, uh, it, right, it's still going, so there's there's opportunities for it. Xanner uh, is is on a giant level of exploration, and so there's a there's a whole um, hope for understanding where his magic came from and why he has it. He's a bloodline uh, sorcerer, so there's supposed to be a bloodline, at least at, at, as far as he's concerned, where he has this elemental sorcery and no history of, of how he got it or, or where it came from. And um, no sense of the destiny or purpose in it, other than what Killian bestowed on him, actually. Mm. So uh, he's hanging on to that and really looking for still not just finding his place in the world as this young gnome, but finding his place in this world as this solitary first-time sorcerer from Edlin Holm and uh learning what to do with it i personally think that's a really interesting thing as opposed to where did it come from like this i am the genesis of whatever this is maybe i pass this down um and how do i figure that out i'm i think that's really xanner's arc is a very interesting one from this silly young little guy to this slightly less silly, slightly more older guy is very <laughs> <laughs> interesting to me. Now slightly jaded. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment you said in one of the episodes recently, Jeremy, you're like, I'm, you were talking to Yelena, you were like, I'm the only one of my kind too. Um, I've never met anyone like me. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting point. We we haven't officially said sorcerer, I don't think, as a, for an enemy. It's all been witches and gypsy, you know. The, yeah. I, Maybe there has been one, but well, he's um, he's met one, right? He he met that gnome right at the very beginning, right? Right. Uh, but but not the same Vargalos. kind. Vargalos, right? And and still didn't mm -hmm. really totally was prepping Vargalos. By the way, for a quiz question, put that <laughs> out there. Had that ready. <laughs> I ha I removed that question at the last minute, actually. <laughs> I uh, I think Yaru's background stuff may be forthcoming with the Tarai um, yeah. sequence we had, so I'm not as concerned about that. I will say we are a day's journey in the Ocarin Forest from where Idrisil was born and raised up until he went to uh, Edlin home. I've written a whole uh, backstory about that um, that, you know, probably won't, but, you know, was ready for um, role play. But, yeah. 
Um, tying off of that, Sammy asks, what would you like to explore narratively in this season or future seasons? What would you like to explore narratively? Anything come to mind? In, the, um, in a particular world or? Just themes, ideas, or concepts. Uh, I would like to do, I know you guys just did a space adventure in the last season. Um, hearing that really uh, got me excited for role-playing because um, like, I've never heard a futuristic style of uh, role-play like that. Um, but like a cyberpunk type of thing would be interesting as well. Um, or like a Halloween shot adventure with all the different monsters, vampires, werewolves, and, you know, Frankenstein, things like that. Uh, a Western, is that what you said, Tim? A Western would be fun. Yes. Yeah, something in the um, spaghetti oh, Western Yeah, style, specifically spaghetti, yes. maybe linguine uh, Western. That sounds like <laughs> at least a great one shot for sure. Yeah. I would say for me, uh, a... And Alistair and Jeremy, you may not know this, but my themes that I normally, that I really like exploring, I don't do in the Inglorious Bards show. And I think some of the older players may know it. We have had seasons or, or campaigns before we started recording that have entirely different tones that are much uh, much more, I don't know, adult or darker, maybe a little bit too much to say, but more heavy themes mm -hmm. than we're used to. We had a sci-fi theme, a sci-fi uh, campaign that was uh, very fun. I don't know how many, how many episodes, how many uh, adventures it was, 10, 12, 15, 16, but it went longish. We ended it. It was great. And then Tim said, uh, I'm out. I can't, I can't do the next one. And, and, and I was like, like, what's wrong? And he said, Oh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun and I loved it. But Tim said, I, I can't do the next one. Do you remember why Tim? It was such an emotional toll on me. Every, <laughs> we did every other week. If I remember at the time. So every other week I'm driving home and I am just emotionally just like battered and beaten and exhausted because <laughs> we're in this like, you know, underdog situation every week. And, and it was just, it was hard. It, it was hard. We, we were up against a fierce enemy and, um, and I, I just took it very yeah. personally, I think hmm. every week. And then we did uh, the water adventure campaign after that, which was, a, again, over, oppressive. Who can you trust? And what are the dark themes? So I, I tend to like those. I go towards those. I find that interesting to explore those. But I, I don't go deeply into that with the Inglorious Bars because I am going for a much more popcorn fun, let's go for adventure style thing. But things still do show up. I dip into that with, uh, with some from time to time. But. So, so my question now is in season five, do we go into the Choloran age of Ren? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, that'd be cool. The cyberpunk age of Varen. when when the yeah. Dance of Dragons and HBO comes out, we also go back in time for, <laughs> in our world. Yeah, yeah, I I am a fan of the uh, there. There's a little bit of, of the fact that there's ruin, right? Like we we have so much ruin, so things are there to be explored, or things are have been left behind by those before us. And uh, I'm I'm always a fan of the brand new unknown the, like like you just were talking about like the the fully unexplored the completely wild and, and mundane and, and, and 
the history that you're expecting to be there or you know the ones that have come before you the idea of being the frontiers which can be anywhere that can be sci-fi where you're exploring new planets or new stars or that can be terrestrial where you are going into a, a terrain that's never been touched or certainly never survived and talked about like I, i'm always a fan of those because the idea of having this com just different sense of you don't know what your threat's going to be you don't know how bad it's going to be and you don't know how far you're going to get with it so every step is calculated is measured or is not is just jumped in and uh see who splats first like it's i always find that to be really kind of exciting with with just the sense of not I think I probably calculate in way too many things in my personal life as it is. So the idea of having a full-on safe space unknown sounds like a really great place to to explore and play. Well, I uh, I don't know if this is the complete opposite, but I'm an HP Lovecraft fan, and I love the uh, end of the world scenarios and truly dark and crazy stuff. If I were to cast my lot to anything, that would probably be an area I'd like to see. Are those kind of themes where they're more dark or Lovecraftian or some of these more adult themes I mentioned from our non-published uh, campaigns, are those approachable to, uh, you know, the podcast audience, do you think? Or is that not what they're, they so. want that d and I, I want to kill some kobolds. I think so, because especially like Christopher is, you know, bringing up the Lovecraftian type of themes. They're, they're modern-ish. So they're more approachable in that sense. Um, and I think even even though like it's Cthulhu bringing down the end of the world, like I think we could make it to a couple of comedic jabs at him. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is dark. It does la it lack the, you know, the, the jovial <laughs> possibilities. Given we, can, we can last man on earth our way through. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> All right, I've got two questions for Jeremy from our fans. Okay. Uh, from Brambor, as Xanner is basically a smaller, more adorable, and innocent version of my own character, what <laughs> do you think? Are all elemental sorcerers just ticking firebombs ready to explode and burn anything and anyone in their path? Yeah, that's a real interesting kind of point. So the fire is something that... that kind of grew up out of him um to be perfectly honest going back to our character concept for creation my original thought was young ang the avatar from uh, avatar the last airbender that was what i was picturing was this this young kid who's got all of these new powers that are coming up this air bending and earth bending and fire and water and uh no real guidance on how to use them no real direction on where they go or what you should be doing with them but a sense of overwhelming purpose that's just kind of like pushed on top of him or this doom sense um and i wanted to make it a, a bit more fun the fire ended up being that's actually the the bloodline ele elemental piece that he's got and so it kept growing and growing and uh almost always to the detriment of everyone he's around because there's never a real sense of control of it so i would have to say that if if you are also playing a, a gnome <laughs> elemental sorcerer the idea of having power that you don't know how to use seems to kind of go and play with that again if you're if you're going with a bit more of the 
I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm trying to figure it out. And though I gotta say, now recently, uh, there's a there's been a lot more of a turn of that. There's a lot more of a of a use of the magic, especially when he's learning new spells. It's never about what's the biggest, baddest, burningest thing I can hit with. There's a lot of uh, contemplation about what he's had to go through, what his friends have had to go through and around him, and and how to get around those. So, I I would say continue to to let your character go up with it but uh xanner is he was always a little bit lost but never quite as blow it up and see what happens as maybe jix was all right cool and then the next oh, tim you have something tim does not have something. maybe has no something. not necessarily i just I mean, bombs away, bitches. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I love that that was his line when he came back. Uh, what was it? Like on episode 16 and just out of the flying over. I just love that line. Anyways, uh, the next Jeremy related question is from Choya Charger. Have you guys considered rotating the task to do the recap of the previous show? Jeremy does a fantastic job of it, but it'd be great to hear from the other bards too. Their view of what was important or what stood out would add a different flavor to the history of the events thanks well i can quickly say choya that we try every week to have someone else do it but jeremy demands to be the one i have one contract it's just got two lines <laughs> on it and at the bottom it says has to have extra screen time that's all it says and so that's where i tend to squeeze that in how about uh, how about next uh, week then jeremy we have someone else do it okay all right as long as i get my extra time in the end just okay <laughs> contract Done. Recap the episode afterwards. <laughs> and the pose cap. The episode that we just did. Yeah. If anyone's taking bets on who's doing it next week, let me know. <laughs> the over-under says Seth. No. Uh, any questions for you guys? Otherwise, I've got like five or six more. Um, I, I kind of still have a question for Jeremy. Um, oh, on, uh, discover, yeah, just covering everything you were saying there. What is your, and I guess Xander's perspective, been like going from this, from level one to now? As Chris said, he's the only one left. He's, he's the only core defender in the group. You know, we started with these four heroes, you know, bumbling around and you know the the task of saving the village was thrust upon them and now xander stands up with a bunch of animals and dwarves and you know like what is going on in his head with so, all of this th there's two thoughts i have uh one not all the defenders are gone right idrisil and Iggy, right. they still exist they just they they moved on to, to different jobs but i remember xander came up with the names he he loved naming because he loved being a part of a thing and and having a, a whole group of people to do it together so we're the defenders of adlin home right he, he, he really wanted to own yeah. that he wanted to be that that guy and then kept going kept kept we're, we're gonna do this thing because because i don't really believe in myself but we're gonna do it together as a team and it's now got a bit of an actual legacy behind it there's a there's a, a true reputation that's actually been built there and so it's a brand new set of defenders it's it's, it's a whole different group well not brand new right like a, a lot of characters have been there forever Sildren, you've been there for a really long time and and it's 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 still the defenders even though we we fit different molds 
But I gotta say, the biggest change probably in Xander's demeanor is that there is a Yelena now. Uh, I, I would say consistently, Xander always perceived himself as the youngest one. He was the kid of the group. And no matter what the emphasis was, no matter what the excitement was, or, or wherever it was, Xander was always allowed to just be a little weirder because he was the young kid. He was the one that liked drinking for the first time at, at Peg's Tavern and whatnot. He, he could get into it. He could get away with it because he could fall back on everybody. And he knew they'd catch him. He's not the youngest one anymore. And he's he's kind of accepting that a little bit. They're like, oh, I have to be responsible. I can't just run around and do funny things. I get eaten by dragons. And not just me, but now other people are dying too. You know why we so, have to do that though, right? Because uh, we, the show jumped the sharks. We have to bring in the new little kid. That's what uh, it is. The new Cosby <laughs> kid. So that you are, you're just not adorable enough. No, gives, gives a care. It's, it's not there anymore. Yeah. I, I Your demographics the, are falling off. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the screen time. We had an equal time. <laughs> Uh, I have a question for you guys. Have there been any twists to any of the stories we've done over the last few seasons? And what one was most interesting for you, if if any? Or has it all been pretty obvious um, and you think, know where to go? Go ahead, Tim. Uh, I think season one, episode 16, the Grey Ascent, old, we, we get it from this dude and Olgrim puts it on and now we're in a battle royale with our own guy like i i this is i was still relatively new to role-playing at that point and i that just blew my mind and the <laughs> fact that we just all went with it uh, not only that but i think it was maybe christopher as olgram i think it was christopher who like kicked it up a notch and oh, the rest yeah. of the group's like, oh, this is how it's going to be? All right, let's dance. Christopher went crazy and we're like, oh my God, what do we do? Yeah, that, and, and, and we were, and I remember the energy in the, the studio getting tense, like, like when mm -hmm. we were in that scene, because, because like, like, I, I mean, I felt the tension because I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's trying to kill us. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, uh, from that underwater adventure, which nobody has heard, but uh, Christopher oh. was the Cylon. And Chris, like, I think it wasn't until season three that Chris finally started to trust Christopher. I agree no, 100%. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm always watching. Uh, I'm going to heal <laughs> someone other than Sir Brown Rose. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard. But yeah, Olgrim came within a hair's breadth of killing Puck. Like, it was nuts. That was a tense episode. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, then wait. Yeah, that, that moment was a decision of, okay, do I make for this or do I try to get back this uh, one piece of uh, the Grey Ascent um, which had been taken from my guys so the way that I treated it was essentially my precious yeah. and I'm going to do anything to try to get that back and there's Puck bleeding out a point away from death and I'm like I'll kill him and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 
I like the minor twist myself of you guys chasing after this killer named Reese, who then turns out to be oh, someone yeah. that you do want to help and end up joining with, oh, who ends yeah. up losing his life, I believe, on the Senate floor. Didn't he? I think so. Or is that someone else? Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Another one, maybe just because it's so recent, was the script of last week's episode of Raineth going to Edlin home. Oh. That changed things up. That was a twist. Quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, and it's a player knowledge, not character knowledge twist right now. So there's like a weird level of irony that we have going on about this this level of information that does or doesn't exist yet because because no one knows about it we're all stuck up north in the ice schrodinger script (laughs) (laughs) bringing yelena on was kind of a twist i didn't see coming it's awesome but like yeah it was uh, yeah i saw coming i'm like we're gonna drag an npc around this is gonna be weird Hasn't gone well for us in the (laughs) (laughs) season one. Elmon kept trying to get um, us to bring NPCs along, but nobody would let us. (laughs) And Yelena was one of those. Do you go that path? Do you not? Do you go this path? And you guys chose that path. So it's interesting. Um, Are there any paths, Tom, that like you, you've been like just completely baffled by the fact that we, that you were like, Oh, I so thought like, like I spent, mm-hmm. like I prepared this because I was ninety five percent sure that they do it, or are we just pure pure chaos to you? Uh, yeah. There's. I mentioned the biggest one for me still was that uh, uh the whole dwarven area in season one underneath the main warrens and an area connected to it, which there's there's like I don't want. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe I don't know. But yeah, there's. <laughs> There's, still, there's a, still, still holding back from season always, one. Always, I'm just always because I like kind of maybe reuse material. I don't know. Uh, but he's like, well, we have portals now, so they could. They yeah, could totally. <laughs> so that had there's a bunch of stuff I thought would, you're definitely heading towards. Also, in season one, there was a lot more stuff with the orcs away from town that you guys went to there was the cliff and the boat chase but there was a whole other island and thing and stuff that just didn't happen because avius had to piss in a bush uh, which is fine you said piss (laughs) uh so that's certainly there i still have rough feelings about that (laughs) it just makes Uh, my blood pressure rise (laughs) (laughs) and season two it started, if you look at just a big picture, it started with, I think, two big choices of where to go. And then you uh, came back and you think you went and ended up going to both those choices. Then you went to the Rallis mining thing. You left, came back. Then I think there were three or four different big paths to take. You guys decided we're going to go and take care of this Rallis mining thing. And so that's where it went in the season ended. So there were three other paths of just like, oh, cool, cool, can't wait till they, oh, I guess not. Um, so yeah, <laughs> there's so much. And we were just beginning to get the hints of some long arcing stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I was super excited for like, um, like uh, that Devin as a, class was really interesting to me um and although he never um managed to hit with his little void ball thing that he was able to throw um like i just was excited to see his 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 powers grow and see see what that class would turn out to be but 
And I've got one from season three. Recent, very recent. I don't think is spoiling anything. A couple episodes back, Bali, the dwarf, mentions, well, we can go here, we can go here, but Bali, and and I think uh, uh, Yaru is talking about going to the temple and all these different paths, but Bali says, well, we should, since it's in the Jarvain Cold Mountains, we should go look at the Greyhold of my dwarven allies over there. But you guys have other things to do, not heading that way, fine. But then you guys recently in this warm wooded environment have this NPC gnome who came from there. Uh, Bali makes one mention of, well, you came from there, yeah. But then after a couple more minutes, you guys let him go. I was like, oh, that's interesting to me. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Good thing we didn't kill him. Um, I've got like spike three or, children once. I've got three or four more <laughs> questions left. You guys have anything? Uh, I'll dive I, have, into. I have I have sort of a, a different question um, for Tom. Um, one of the campaigns before we got into um, recording, we played with the cipher system. Uh, yes. one of our space ones. Uh, is that something you would consider again? Uh, playing with that. Yeah, Cypher is by Monty Cook. He did Numenera, and then he made Cypher as the uh, genre-less version of it. I, I like the Cypher system, the cool, you spend your bonus dice or whatever it was, but that's also your hit points that you're spending. That's a constant choice. That's fun. I always like the random items we would Yeah, get. and that's the other thing, the um, ciphers. Yeah, so the, that's right, the, the ciphers, yeah. The concept is, it, it thematically, it doesn't necessarily make sense in some settings. It works best in his Numenera, but the concept is every magic item is a, a consumable. It's a one-use only. So you lose a ton of value because that magic staff, you can't use 5, 10, 20 times with the campaign. You use whatever it is once, so it's like the potion equivalent. But Heart what puck. you do then, yeah, what you do is you raise the power of what those things can then do uh, one time. And so I can, as a game master, it's super fun because I can create game-breaking things in, I think, in our case, a, a low sci-fi setting. Uh, you can give game-breaking teleportation, instant heal, whatever it is, because it's not going to break the whole system because it's a new ability that now they have forever. It's a one use. I really love that, uh, that concept. And I can't quite use it here in Pathfinder because Pathfinder has a whole economy of items and, um, you know, you need this much and this much and this much at different levels. But that's a really fun thing to the Cypher system for sure. Reminds me of Gashapon. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. Stuck. Uh, I have here uh, Tom from Sammy. What was in that, in all capitals, what was in that secret place Olgrim missed when he was crawling through the shit? <laughs> this has been asked a couple times in the past. Uh, Christopher is raising an eyebrow. Does anyone know the location? I think I know the location they're asking about. This isn't the one with the secret door and the symbol. We went down mm, and there was no. the wraiths. No, No, that which was hauntingly interesting. No, this was you guys were exploring after the rat folk. You went down into the sewer and you instead of going right, you went left 
And that's what the rat folk were at. And I think I hinted at some after show or something like that, that there was something to the right. And there was essentially an enemy there who was not a strong enemy, but moderate to weak. And within was a small room with uh, a trap or something. Again, moderate to weak. There's a bunch of junk that was in there to add further clutter. And then hidden within that junk was a bunch of minor magic items, like a whole bunch of minor magic items, kind of this collected layer of stuff. So that was an interesting option of stuff that could have been there what was never explored Page there you go study. there you go that was that was probably one of the ones that i found to be hilarious and, and uh incredible was when we were in mage in our study and just found item after item after <laughs> item yeah. after item and not too long after we found a bunch of items uh of relative value at the spires right captain jagged's uh private stockhold had, had a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, we had Santa Tom for a while. Well, so <laughs> was Majinor's the one where I was pissing off Seth, but yeah, not I was about to say, yeah, yeah. he was getting so <laughs> mad with so many items. Yeah, there was, there was a pile. I think, I think my, my note list had a total of 15 magic items at one, one spot. What's uh, the biggest regret one of your characters has had? Uh, stabbing the entropy sphere. <laughs> uh, that, I think that's 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 it. Question <laughs> You were so confident too. She <laughs> said I'd know what to do, and well, <laughs> she lied. <laughs> Both sitting there at the pearly gates, going, "No." Yeah. <laughs> what was yours, Tim? You had one standing up one more time oh what's that one jix jix yeah oh yeah that'd be one of mine he was being resigned not just like his third time like getting up from near death yeah what was ignals being right there when jix got down and not not being helpless i mean pretty much Um, for Elmon, it would have been outside of the entropy sphere, um, not following up on the early quest that he was given, oh, and yeah. having um, the merchant—I forget exactly what he was—but his like merchant friend that was the connection uh, ended up dying. And but that was also a fantastic battle because we were much more powerful. And Avius throwing down the fireballs—I was—I was probably the the one time that Elmond was really a big fan of Avius, um, and just 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 the revenge netted out that day was was awesome. I, re- I remember you, Chris, just being upset at leaving that behind, that quest, oh. and that guy getting killed. And that 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 was a real pivotal moment in my understanding of how you role play, Tom. Um, in that the world is continuously moving and transpiring and like, you know, like that side quest isn't just sitting there with the guy with the, you know, mm-hmm. um, exclamation park uh, point over his head waiting for you. It's it's like, there's there's consequences for things you do, so. Actions taken and actions not taken. Yeah, yeah. And that and that strongly affected uh, Elmon as a, as a character as well. I think for for Olgram, it was misusing a natural twenty 
I think a wild knight with a bog leg lady. <laughs> that natural 20 would have been really something. Yeah, Puck, uh, so how do you envision your your bog leg children oh, having played long, out? Long, long dead by now. They're short, <laughs> short lives. <laughs> That was so funny. I <laughs> that was about that was that. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the length it was played out, you expect it to end short. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, still <laughs> gone. gone. No, still gone. <laughs> she brings you wine. <laughs> yeah. Wearing something flimsy, you know, just. <laughs> I want to be out of this scene now. <laughs> uh, All right, I have two more questions. Uh, my last two questions. Uh, one's from Sammy. Sammy's last question. What do you look forward to most uh, for each session? Oh, that's a good one. Laughing. For sure, especially yeah. this last year without us, with us all being remote, just like having that like constant <clears throat> Tuesday night, like yeah. I know what I'm gonna do, and such like a a very weird time for everybody. Yeah. Like none of us have gone through a pandemic like this, and uh, just just being able to see your faces, even if it is uh, on a screen, it's just like something that's definitely helped helped uh, help me personally get through this year. I think it's an anchor for all of us to, you know, uh, the the connection. And I, I know personally in my family, so many people who have not been able to get back to the things that helped them ground and the things that helped them get through things. I, I have a lot of friends who are dancers and a lot of friends who, who get together for, for board game nights and they have missed this kind of connection. And it's, it's absolutely been uh, a part of my sanity for sure. Being able to see you guys every week and, and, and be a part of this and uh truly the thing that i really look forward to like i love hanging out with you guys but like what sets me up and gets me in the zone is our scripts i, I know i'm not a part of them every time and that's cool I, i'm actually great with that but like having the script and, and like setting up the story and getting that started it's like having a really great song that always like it's it's my walkout music it's that rev up to like okay here we go <laughs> Like every time we, we have the scene uh, ready, set up and ready to go, I, I love them every time. It's just, I always look forward to it every week. That's cool. I like the, the scripts are take time to write for sure. Cause I write them and I rewrite them and I may not read like it, but there's rewrites and stuff. And it's just for like a few minutes. It's like the amount of time invested versus what gets on screen if you will is, is so out of proportion but as jeremy said i like it because it's it can recap a little bit more what's happening uh it gives you guys originally was intended to give you guys also a warm-up and get your character's stuff into it but then it and uh it, it sometimes it can uh, recap some choices i've done that a bunch of times so we can go here 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 um and then the other one in that we've done a bunch this season is doing different things with the script. I mean, we did like Fiel's life, an NPC yeah. that had very little meaning uh, last week of Raineth going off on his own thing. We had a, a flashback with uh, Sir Brenros, I really like that totally defined him uh, midway through his whole journey of him going, uh, him starting in Calavier, that script. Uh, so yeah, I think... Oh my uh, god, they are fun. Alistair, your voice of the Queen of Calavier. 
I was gonna bring that up <laughs> earlier. We were talking about voices. Like, definitely one of my favorite voices you've ever done. Like, like I saw her face when it's just uh, it's my absolute speaking. favorite thing to do, and I'm just I'm honored, and I could not be happier that this is the the we're doing it on a platform for people to listen to and stuff. Let alone just hanging out. Um, you know, the fact that I was, uh, you know, I got to audition to be a part of a group of friends, uh, and it worked out, I think is one of the, uh, greatest, greatest coincidences, uh, in my life. So I just, I'm super happy to get to spend a, a night with you guys and it, for it to oh, be so silly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not expecting any money. Unlike some people, Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> get a contract. <laughs> That was, my, that was my first mistake in Hollywood. <laughs> no, what, the bargaining uh, yeah. agreement going on here. The voices, <laughs> the silliness, the depth. Um, like you, like you guys were saying, the lore dumps in the scripts that we do, like yeah. in and out of the script. Like it, it, it brings so much meat into the world. It really make like I really feel like I am Yaru. I am Idrisil. You know, when I go into those characters to play them. So during the few minutes we have before the episode i'm really coming into how are how would that person act and feel in this moment how do you guys deal with the scripts when you get them is it that you have it okay it's in my email and then right before we start you just sight read it do you just go through it and check your line do i have some lines uh i'm just curious i always go through whenever we get it um if i can if i'm at work or something then i'll wait till i can but as soon as i see it uh, and i'm available to i'll read it and go through um to see what the line is if i have any and and then i'll right before um the episode maybe an hour or two before for me i'll go through the whole script and get the tone of it um so i'll really only read it two or three times if that cool yeah i pretty much do the same thing I, I read it twice that says... all the way through and, and I, I prep and I change emotions uh, when I read. So it, so I, I first do it for everybody just and just like get the, mm. get the text what it is. Then I flip it so that when, uh, if I do have a line, especially when it comes up, it's a natural reaction. Mm -hmm. and it's a real piece rather than sight read because I, I hear it in my head if I'm not genuinely attached to it and it drives me crazy. Tim, what were we saying? Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it's not it's not a big thing. Um, I usually get the email that says everybody who has lines has gotten the script, and then I go angry <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> Any other questions for the group here as we wrap this up? I, I have one for you, Tom. Is there any battle throughout these three seasons you wish you would have made harder or softer on us or just made a subtle change to... good question recently the battle with vodak turned out much easier than i expected uh vodak the dragon i was expecting okay. some some bad bad stuff to really go down you, you know what's funny about that we kind of stopped that battle halfway through with a big epic yelena uh meteor shower scene i genuinely thought in that week you had made him less difficult compared to what we had faced before oh. uh, just just because the battle seemed to be not easy but you know it, it was like i didn't think this was going to be a hour-long fight i thought this would be a two episode long thing <laughs> you know 
just on his on his um, titles alone, champion of Charas. But yeah, um, but I'm I'm fine with that. Sometimes you know the counter stuff doesn't line up. Uh, mm -hmm. But there was also, and I can't remember who it was. Maybe five, ten, fifteen episodes back here in season three, there was a big bad guy. You guys were going to town. He was rocking you, rocking you. Things weren't looking good. His enemies probably rocking you. And then you guys got a couple good roles. And then all of his next roles were like just terrible critical failures. And the whole battle just completely shifted. I can't remember what it was, but I remember like, wow, that was so going one direction and everything changed. <laughs> And, but then I'm also totally fine with that because combat in my mind shouldn't be you're 10% higher so you will guaranteed win this battle. Um, there's yeah. chaos of war and you guys get screwed over constantly. You will race in with your sword and stumble and fall in your face right in front of the guy's sure. feet. So when the opposite happens, sure, that that's fine. Um, yeah. What about Ed, like, um, I know there's like combat and then exploring, is that the other like two sure. versions of the game but like what's another one of those scenarios that we're not in battle per se but a, a, a challenge or a, a puzzle or something that you thought might be too challenging where i just sit back and watch everyone else solve it <laughs> <laughs> we got so stumped on puzzles he finally stopped giving them to us <laughs> these guys are I'm, too dumb I'm, for these I'm puzzles also, <laughs> i'm also just thinking of like you know xanner underwater in the ocean contacting the Chiloran God or whatever, oh my God, making yeah. the, the boat sink underwater. Like mm -hmm. how, how did, you know, we kind of talked about it in that after show, but like things like that, what is the concept in your mind of- Well, I'll definitely say you guys have nailed the, well, not enough nailed. You guys have survived and gotten through the last few puzzles things, particularly uh, <laughs> Major Noir's classroom. It took a little bit, but you guys got through yeah. that one. Uh, I will say there was one environmental uh, scene that suddenly I even I was like, ooh, wow, this is not good. And that was Olgram swimming into the long corridor with the undead just underneath. And it's like, holy crap, he's like cut off now. And this is super bad. Mm -hmm. um, so that got a little scary for sure. I was close. I was like, like, like one or two rolls away from like one or two bad rolls yeah, away yeah. from, from, Given Olgrim a funeral. Olgrim is always one or two. <laughs> that same thing happened with. Iggy. I'm sorry, no, not Olgrim, not Olgrim, Iggy. Iggy. I was Iggy. Gonna say, yes. That same Iggy. thing happened to Iggy. Sorry, that yeah. was Iggy. Iggy You're season right. three. Iggy season three. <clears throat> I still love the after after that was like settled and uh, uh, Ignal didn't die of uh, Xander just throwing his his ice bolts into the water, just killing those zombies, <laughs> just going ape shit. It was, I still think about that. It was funny. That's, that was a good scene. It was also a, a, like a <clears throat> tense scene because Iggy may not have made that one. That was, like, that was yeah. close. Uh, in the chat, Can Muck has a suggestion of maybe an encounter that was maybe dialed into too high, and that was the finale to season two of <laughs> all, all <the> <laughs> Totally balanced. <laughs> 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 I will say in season two, there were a couple outlets of ways to get out. Uh, Killian came up with one all on his own, which I thought was really cool. There was also... Uh, Devin? Devin, sorry. Uh, and there was also a, uh, a, a significant 
underground area underneath warehouse H that I had a couple, two different battle maps and enemies and stuff, but you guys like flooded it or did electricity or something. Mm, uh, and just broke uh, the elevators. Yeah. And you just messed up that whole area, which was, even though it's down in, there's several paths to stop and limit and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that one definitely though. Whoosh. Um, I think Jillian said it best of like, I thought there was much more of a choice for you guys. And she's like, no, there's no choice. We had to go down with the ship and save it. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh, that sucks then for you guys as players. But that's also cool to me uh, that you guys thought that at the same time. I don't know if that means anything to you. For sure. Mindset. Like, Tim, you're you muted. don't have a choice. Yeah. I'm muted? Yeah, you're, um, you're good. Okay. Yeah, that was like, at least for Albus, like, I think for all of us, though, that was the mindset. Like, we're prophets. We don't have a choice here. Like, innocent people are going to die. We need to, we need to do something about it. Follow-up question to that. So what's Augie up to these days? <laughs> Christopher? Oh, wow. Didn't we go over <laughs> an end game of August? Uh... I mean, a little, but you've had more time to, like, ponder it. <clears throat> Sleepless nights. Uh, August always had the, uh, the the bug to build, and I think <laughs> it was <Bug>. encouraged. <laughs> uh, it was encouraged by one of the creatures or NPCs we came across, where he was an actual crewmate to a ship. But I tried dismantling him. Uh, do we remember that at all? Uh, all all hell bit, on a yeah. diplomatic level was very loose, but. Uh, <laughs> After the whole bug incident, I think he went off and started doing like, uh, you know, like Android level, you know, create the best companion and have a love life again. We mentioned encounters that may have been dialed in too much or at least got out of hand quickly. Here's one that, that I don't think was dialed in too much, but you guys got weird with it. And that was season two when you first boarded the world ship or Nua and there was oh, the simple yeah. customs robot that was just there to lightly antagonize. And all of a sudden, everything's going wrong. Catherine's causing problems. There's like someone being choked by it underneath. Yeah, was Kolsch. Being, Kolsch was oh my rolling God. ones all over the place. Place. That was just, that's one of those, <sighs> what the hell? The, the whole premise was there. relatively simple. It was there uh -huh. to like tag an unlicensed creature, which was Kolsch. Everyone tried to rescue Kolsch. And this thing started like wrapping these people yeah. up to ship them off or something. It was so I, I had no idea that just, it was supposed to just be antagonizing you, maybe request weapons, be checked. But suddenly it was like, oh wait, there's an animal that needs to be like quarantined. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. And all hell broke loose. Yeah. All right, I have one. I think this is our last question then of the night, unless anyone's any others. Uh, I have a question for you all, and that is, what's an accomplishment within the Inglorious Bards show that you're most proud of? Not necessarily your character's accomplishment in the story, but something within about the game or the show that you've done or we've done that you're most proud of. I know it's just role-playing and we're just having silly adventures, but anything that's really proud of? Finding a following on Twitch was surprising. Especially like the rabid following we have of like a handful of people is shocking to me every week. Yeah. 
I will say this article from the Tiger Times. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is one of the coolest things that's, that's ever cool. happened to me. Tim, is I still have your there? copy. Oh, no, it doesn't. Uh, I, I, and kind of in the same vein as Seth, I think being part of a drinking game is like one of the coolest <laughs> things that I've like, you know, ever been a part of. So it's a very hard drinking game too. A lot of rules. <laughs> yeah. A lot of rules. As a player, very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, For me, it's. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, for me, it's uh, the some of the pride that I have is the pride that you guys show for the show and the effort. You guys show up, you role play and all that, but then you guys also commit. And when there's equipment needed, you guys get it done. When there's time commitments, you get it done. Back when we were doing just the podcast and we needed to catch up, so we had bonus episodes, you guys are committing extra weekend days. Uh, and then being there consistent. I mean, the number one complaint all GMs have are players that don't show up and how do you wrangle them? And you guys are absolutely committed to this which is totally appreciated that's huge on a personal level we've gotten some feedback throughout the three seasons of fans who have gotten into role-playing just from watching our show uh, there was a guy who said he got, got into role-playing with his son because he liked what he saw other people trying it saw the fun you guys had and wanted to try it myself uh, the fact that what did we say? Roughly 380 hours of content. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned this in an after show before. If you're watching a 30 minute sitcom or an, or an hour long drama every week, you're looking at maybe 20 episodes, maybe 30, 40, 50 episodes for a sitcom. We blow away that content in a year. Uh, and that means there's such a huge draw that people have to your characters. They are with your characters so much and they can be huge emotional highs and silliness. So that's a big draw we have over other things. And that's really cool to get to my final one. And I know I've mentioned this like three or four times. I'll mention it again today. There was, so we're able to reach people and people, when characters die, uh, we've had people like I might be Sammy or some other folks who have said they have teared up at work and have to excuse themselves because so-and-so has died and they get emotional about it. That's powerful that we affect people. But the one story that still gets me to this day was a lady talking about season one where she said they have a newborn and her she and her husband take turns when the newborn wakes up and they will both listen to at different times the inglorious bards when they're alone for a couple hours just with this baby really sleepy uh and like that's their you know their their connection they have friends that can be there for them at any time and they really appreciated that i thought that was super cool baby's first words are bombs away bitches yeah, I'll apologize to that baby personally for uh, <laughs> going in some words prematurely. One can only hope. <laughs> Who's ready uh, for adventure would also be pretty damn adorable. That, the first, yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, well, it's been 110 uh, episodes so far with the Inglorious Bars. Any final thoughts from any of you guys? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Looking all the work to... you do, Tom. Oh, it, it does not go unnoticed by us. It doesn't go unnoticed by your fans, our fans. It, it's an incredible journey we're all on. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the yeah. prep time and energy that you put into this is is phenomenal. And, you know, thank Absolutely. you for making all this uh, possible because like like we all alluded to, it's it's an anchor um, for yeah. us all this this year. And 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 you're kind of that anchor. So cool. appreciate you. I am and- so excited to see your guys's face in person yeah yeah Yeah. that's coming up next (laughs) chill out with you guys (laughs) that is an episode away or some such oh we have some some technical things we got to figure out but yeah yeah it will be and i would say a big thank you uh to our to you guys for sure uh it's fantastic and absolutely fun with you guys and then to uh all of our fans yeah uh we've got uh, uh dedicated people that show up every week on twitch that are always there chatting and taunting and all sorts of stuff and making fun of us which is fantastic we have people on our discord who are uh chatting and talking about different theories and just talking with each other we've got people that are supporting us with money on patreon which is always appreciated help keep this the, the the services and all the different things we have going uh there's definitely costs associated with the show uh twitch as well but then there's a whole bunch several hundred people every single week that are just silently listening and joining us uh and that's absolutely appreciated i mean that's when we hear even just a couple kind words or just seeing another hundred people downloaded last week's episode, to me, that's food for the soul to, to keep doing this and putting the effort into not just role playing, but putting it out there. It's always appreciated for sure. For sure. All right. What's next? Okay. Well, thanks so much for everyone listening. Thanks to all of our players here. Uh, Thanks for everyone who joined us live. And this was 110. We will see you next time at 220 episodes. Uh, That's celebration. Uh, And uh, have a great night. We'll uh, see you next time.